Grow the fuck up. Welcome to Grow the Fuck Up. I'm your host, Jada. And on this episode, I interviewed a person who is very, very special to me, um, Morgan. This is going to be like a three-part series. Also, uh, my entire desk is covered in uh, wine that we spilled throughout this episode. Uh, Honestly, I just going to make this, mark this episode as just a... uh, an episode that's just silly as shit. Like we, yeah, we had a lot of wine and she is one of my best friends. So, uh, naturally we went a little stupid and, um, yeah, we just talk about everything. I also, the ADHD was firing off, firing off. Like it was really bad and silly, but it adorable and I love her so much Morgan I can credit for a lot of things um as like I made my transition into Atlanta and um you know she was my only friend now that I think about it like we started working together at Urban Outfitters and um yeah it was it was really nice because I feel like we both I feel like we both really needed a friend um and we found that in each other very slowly and um there's still things that I'm wanting to know about her and like just like about like how she is as a person too and um yeah like we're just I'm always like happy to know more about her but I I like how slow the process is and um and how it's been and yeah just I mean like even the house that I'm sitting in today she bullied Forrest used to live here with her and she like bullied him into uh, harassing his roommates about how good of a roommate I will I will be whenever they move out and that I should like live here and um, so I can credit her for that and um, just like a lot of other small and big things that um are really just like amazing moments of my life and very special and tender moments um are are things to her uh so yeah and then she dates Forrest who is also a very like emotionally um well he's just a very emotional person and tender person as well Um, so it was really nice to find a friendship in both of them, um, that is equally as special and also like I can hang out with them as a couple and not be annoyed. Um, and we can all just be like silly and goofy and, uh, ourselves around each other. And I think that is something that I cherish a lot and I will cherish for a very long time. Um, so that's that. And for the social media of this podcast, um, you can follow this podcast on Instagram. The username is Grow Up the Podcast. Uh, on Twitter, it is GTFU Podcast. My Instagram, my personal one is uh, Jada Andrews. It's J A Y D A. There is a Y in my name. It's not J A D A or J D J A D Y A. 
as Forrest permanently etched into my 23rd birthday card that he gave me this year. Um, and then my Twitter is Jada Kardashian. It's J-D-A Kardashian. It's three letters that sound like my name to fit the same style as the three letters of Kim Kardashian's name. Um, so yeah, that's, that's about it. I really, I actually have to go to work soon, but I've been up since 5am editing this episode because I was so excited to get it out. Um, uh, shout out to Taylor Ogle. She messaged me and she said, uh, that this podcast like gets her through her work commute, I think. Um, so I tried to upload it before that Taylor, uh, so you could have something to listen to on your drive to work today, but I, this episode needed a lot of cuts. We talked about a lot of people that, uh, either they will listen to or somebody that they know will listen to it and it'll be mentioned to them. So we had to be very careful with that. And so it was a lot of editing, a lot of us taking breaks to eat food. Shout out to Forrest. He went and bought us dinner from Flatiron. We wanted Gaja, but Flatiron will do. <laughs> but it was all so delicious and um, just a very sweet thing to do. You'll probably hear Forrest and Will talking in the background too. Um, sorry, Ellie, our roommate who is was sleeping right outside that room. So if I could hear it, she could hear it. But I, and she's also like a really heavy sleeper. So hopefully she didn't. But if you did, I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I enjoyed listening to it this morning. It's two hours long, which is insane to me. But y'all, I cut out everything I could and it still went down to two hours. So um, please enjoy. Leave me feedback. Like Taylor and others have. And uh also if you want to email me some stories, it's grow up the podcast at gmail.com. Okay, I will go now. Bye bye. Kind of yeah. scary that I have like no. a picture of him Jada, on my. Like well, no, I. Most thoughtful person. Oh, thank you. No, don't. Well, like, look, I just have an extra one. That's okay. <laughs> Listen, I respect that. I love him. We love Will in this household. Are you kidding me? That's the most pure and sweet boy. That's like the one of Forrest's friends that I genuinely am like. Oh, you're actually a good friend of him, <laughs> and I don't have to fight you constantly. Yeah. Which is like ninety-eight percent of Forrest's friends at yeah. this point. Because I also just. I think I'm just in my fighting era. Unfortunately. Uh oh. Uh oh. Whoops. Let me make sure I can hear you. Can you hear me? Hold on. If I whisper. Okay, go again. Mm. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, cool. Wait, but what if I sit back here? If I'm what if I'm relaxed? Should I move it forward a little bit? No, I can hear you. I'm still touching it somehow.
Okay. <laughs> Somehow I'm still moving it forward. Yeah, that's good. I love that you have this birthday card that has your name spelled <laughs> on it, just right in the forefront. Well, just so I can physically fight Forrest every morning that I wake up and I go, J A Y D A. Okay, so this is the second time that this has been brought up on the podcast. So mm. I'm just going to, well, Jack Webster, he, so whenever I wish Jack Webster a happy birthday, here, mm-hmm. I'll just pull up the text message. Oh, I, I saw the text message. <laughs> well, <laughs> I distinctly remember, and this didn't he go like, thanks, thumbs up or something? It was like yeah. something just unholy. Okay, so people are my close friends, uh, or Morgan is the person that sees all of my content first, as well as, <laughs> as, well as Rachel Athens, so oh, like, I God can't be her. like... Did you see what blah, blah, blah did? Because I saw it. I posted it on my close friends. Feed. And I said, I already seen everything. <laughs> I was there when you sent it. <laughs> yeah. So, like, okay, so let's see. It's, it's September 20th, uh, uh-huh. 1.39 p.m. So, granted, it was a late birthday text. It wasn't no 12 a.m. That's not even late, though. Let's be honest. You could have been a day, a two-day late birthday <laughs> moment. Okay, so he said, wait. Why on June 1st? Oh, you're... On June 1st, I texted him, okay, we're still at the house. You coming over here first? Was that the house? No. It's just me, you, and Alexa. It's just me, Alexa, and Will here. Huh. That sounds... Where were we doing on Wednesday, June 1st? I was moving Hmm. in. Interesting. All right. Oh, maybe that's when you were moving in. I don't know. I need to. I need to sit and think about that one. <laughs> Have a deep thought. Oh, okay. Wait. I saw that. I scrolled up. Hi. Tomorrow night we are surprising Forrest for his birthday <gasps> at Astoria. Oh my God. Copy. Do you remember me trying to do that, and then I ended up actually just telling him that I was doing a surprise, and <laughs> it was. <laughs> and then he tried to do the exact same thing for my birthday, except for instead of him telling me it was a surprise, every single person that was invited texted me to be like, "Hey, is this the right time to get to your birthday at Astoria?" And I was like what and they were like oh you never never mind and i was like oh okay i remember that we were trying to cover our ass at urban outfitters (laughs) no everybody was like can't wait to see you later and i was just like "Hmm, (laughs) y'all all gonna show up at my house when i'm in bed that's really interesting can't wait i think i even tried to go as far as whenever i knew that you found out just like at least make sure the force doesn't know that you know oh i tried so hard to not let him know but then i think i had to like out my friend taylor who was there who texted me and was literally like can't wait to go celebrate your surprise at astoria and i was like you are crazy uh so jack's text message says happy birthday this is for the listeners Happy beautiful birthday, Jack. I wish you another year of happiness, love, success, and peace. I am grateful to know you and pleased to cherish you. Mm. To many more, Jada XO. Gorgeous. He said, Preesh. P R E E S H. Jada. J A D A. My favorite is it's not only the misspelling of the name, it's also the non spelling of the whole world like word appreciate it was like hey i don't need to actually spell this i can just say preach right jada so that's not even how you ever spell jada i know jada so that's so i uh damn i need to turn this oh, oh it's pissed yeah hold on i'm oh, just talking so too loud um so i said jada j-a-d-a in all caps and then that was immediately after 
It wasn't in, that was at 1:40 p.m. It wasn't until 2:07 p.m. Okay. that he said Jada, my real name oh. in all caps. And then another text message, "You are a great friend." Smiley oh. face. Was it was it the letter U and the letter R or no. was it spelled out? It's all spelled out. Okay, so I think that so when was the first when was the response sent at first? The initial preach was the timestamp on the, the uh, preach uh, Jada spelled incorrectly. Literally I sent the initial text message at 139. He texted me at 139. Oh, AM, PM? PM. PM. Oh, okay. And then at 140, I said Jada in all caps spelled the wrong mm-hmm. way. So here's the thing is that, like, in my head, I was going to try and give him the, the benefit of the doubt where mm-hmm. it's like maybe he was drunk, which I mean, you know, on yeah. your birthday, God, <laughs> if you want to be drunk at 140 PM, you know, power be with you. May the Lord be with your spirit. But also, like, <laughs> clink the glass. I hit the, the I hit the wine glass against the mic, y'all. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Let's go ahead and take a moment to shout out our sponsor, <laughs> Butter Chardonnay from California. It was on sale at Target, so that's how you know it's quality. But, <laughs> but no, I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. But it was like I think on my birthday, if it had been one in the morning, I did distinctly remember sending a text to Forrest that was just like me mispronouncing and misspelling everybody's names of everybody who was at my party because I was blackout. And then I got home and I opened a gift that my mom had sent me, and I took a really drunk video. And then was like, Forrest, send that to my mom. And he was like, I'm not sending that to your mom. And then I watched it like a week later. And I was like, thank you. We actually have to burn this in the fire. I can't oh ever God. show this to anybody. That would be so funny just to post it on your birthday God. on Instagram. Hey, mom. Thanks for the gift. Here's me flopping over it. Also, my nipple's out. Don't worry about that. I'm always that way. Free the nipple. So like, we bought a dress at, or Morgan bought a dress at, Urban Outfitters that day. Mm, don't out me as a fast fashion consumer. Well, How embarrassing. We we also worked at mm. and met at Urban Outfitters. Mm. So <laughs> yes, fast fa- fashion exists, but also we know exactly how every single item that they have fits our body. Literally that. I so. said I know what size I am in every single article of clothing, including somehow their yeah. shoes. Yeah. Which I don't even know my own shoe size, and I work at a damn boot store. So, yeah. you know, that says a lot, I think. I think, like, Urban, for a while, I was like, okay, I'm only going to get my jeans from Urban. Because mm-hmm. their jeans, like, once you find the perfect fit and style, then you, you got it. Your whole wardrobe is like that. That. Mm-hmm. Like, modeled around those pair of pants. It's true. Anyways, y'all, this is cool. <laughs> Anyways, y'all, we're 10 minutes. minutes in, and all I've talked about is our sponsor for today and birthdays. Actually, it's, like, it's fine. It's only, like, we've been talking for five minutes, because, mm. like, for the first five minutes, Oh, it's just there's running. No, yeah. Oh, is this my water right now? Yeah. <gasps> it's a cute glass. I got it from Target for $3. Our second sponsor for today, <laughs> Target. You need to stand up a something, Buki. I almost tripped over I almost you. tripped over <laughs> God, TikTok, I'm going to go ahead and say it, not to be the visionary of our century, but like, I think that is where all of the most important content content is going to be. I, I don't trust anything but TikTok. Um, it's that's so it. funny. That's like, simply all I have to say. I, I posted some videos that weren't that funny. Mm. Um, no, I'm sure they were. Today, and like, no, when I was watching them last night, I was dying. Yeah, <laughs> well, welcome. what time was it that you were watching the TikToks? Hmm. I went to bed a little early because my boss texted me, asking me to come in early today. Oh, God, same. Well, it was like, 
I like okay, but I like this because it's not like come do a shift mm-hmm. or it's like, hey, like we uh we got something scheduled at this time, so we need to do the work at this work at another time. Mm-hmm. Although but I just like the how I feel like whenever I was working like shifts for people, like at a corporate not a corporate, but like a an urban a, outfitters a retail. A retail, not corporate. I wish I was corporate. God, if only. Um, but if like it was just like more daunting than mm-hmm. this. It's just like, yeah, like we know what work we need to get done. It's everything is set in stone each day. Yeah. I don't have like, oh, what customer am I am I gonna get today? Am that's I gonna, gonna spit in my face? Literally, is somebody gonna dump out a milkshake at my feet because I told them to put on their mask? <laughs> Which um, happened to me. Literally happened to Jada. <laughs> You know, just classic retail things. We yes. love it. We love it. We worked at Urban Outfitters, and I was telling uh, Alexa this. I was like, Morgan seemed like the person, the type of person who, I think she's just a Gemini, so she, <laughs> like, you couldn't tell if she actually liked you or if she just knew how to talk to people. Surprise! <laughs> but I actually liked you! I don't think Morgan liked me, because a lot of people at uh, Urban hated me. No, everybody kept trying to get me to hate your ass. That was the craziest. I was like, there was a full campaign that it was like, oh, we don't trust Jada. I want to know who it was that said Girl, that. I don't even think I know. I don't think I could tell you who it was. Like, it genuinely was just a thing that, like, the... Uh, like general whispers where like Jada cares too much. And I'm like, what a oh, boring yeah. thing to hate about a person. To like that, that I you like care. my job. They, well, that you <laughs> like your job, but also that you were like, hey guys, I'm not really comfortable like getting coughed on by a grown adult man. And yeah. it's like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, we're working in the middle of a global pandemic. Like, what if I didn't want to yeah. die because of my job? Wouldn't that be crazy? For astrology nuts, my rising sign is Capricorn. Oh, so. When it comes to my work ethic, uh, that Capricorn energy is very much there. Absolutely. Um, and also, like, I just like, I like working. I'm, I'm the same sorry. way. Like, I really do. I, I mean, I don't like the act of doing it, but, like, or, like, thinking about it and, mm-hmm. like, getting up in the morning, getting dressed for it. But, like, yeah. I think the biggest thing that I like is, like... I don't know, just contributing to something that's not like your house chores or something. No, absolutely. There's something, and I think too, working in a retail setting, there is this weird like direct correlation with your action and like a purchase or like mm-hmm. a person. Yeah. And and obviously like, you boo, capitalism, but also like there is something special about having somebody who comes in and is like, this is something I've been wanting for this whole time and mm-hmm. you're helping me find yeah. the perfect thing. And, and that is fulfilling. And mm-hmm. it does feel like you get to be, I don't know, I was trying to describe this feeling to Forrest who mm-hmm. hasn't ever worked retail in his whole life. And he, you know, he did like service yeah. work. He was like a waiter or a server. Mm-hmm. I don't know the correct term. Um, but I was like, retail is different because it is so, I don't know, like, it, it's all about putting on a face. It's mm-hmm. all about being, like, the person who's going to show you this, like, golden path to mm-hmm. what you need and what you want. And I think that that was, Urban Outfitters was less that. But then when I moved on to work at, like, Clothing Warehouse and then now where I work at Tacova is, like, working at a boot store. So much of my job is mm-hmm. somebody coming in and being like, I want to spend 
you know, $700 on an mm-hmm. item. I've been thinking about this for years. Mm-hmm. And I get to be like, cool, I can do that for you. Very and niche things. Very, very niche when things. When you like, get into like niche retail, mm-hmm. it's like... Well, I feel like plants are very similar, though. Where yeah. It's like it's like a fulfilling thing. Like People really oh, yeah. want this specific right. experience. I like... I liked... I liked selling plans at the Victorian, mm-hmm. uh, but it was like, it was, I feel like it was hard because yeah. the, the, their biggest thing is like education. Mm-hmm. So like you just ran into people who would say the same thing yep. over and over again. They'd be like, I was watering my plant every day. And then like, it was situations where you could like stop them in the middle yeah. of their sentence. Cause you're like, okay, that's that exactly wrong. what you're doing wrong. Yeah. And then, like, obviously, like, they accepted that help, but it was just, like, I hate saying the same thing every day and hearing somebody be like, they had to be like, uh, I'm looking for something that is green. Welcome to the plant store, you idiot. Uh, so if I kill myself, I'm gonna be wrong. I, I said, <laughs> if I decide to walk out of this store right now, you're gonna tell me I should be fired? Right. You should fire them for coming into the store and asking for something green. I've, yeah. I have the exact same thing. Work at a boot store. And mm-hmm. people will come in and I'll be like, hey, what are you looking for? Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, um, do you guys have boots here? And I'm like, sir... Look in front of you. Yeah. Use your eyeballs. Yeah. Let's try a little harder. So if you're listening, this is, to, if you're listening, you're like this person. Please stop. Yeah, this is okay. your your public service announcement that the women <laughs> that work in retail are tired of having to tell you obvious things, mm-hmm. and ain't nobody impressed when you don't know what a boot is. I it, yeah. There's or only been like also like stop trying to hit on girls because if I. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if I think you're cute and I'm on the clock, I'm going to still say something. I, and that's the <laughs> trick, is that very genuinely, if I don't say something, why are you saying something? So, we, mm. don't, we just don't need to do And let me just say that there's only been, like, two people. I worked there for a year and some change. Mm-hmm. There's, like, two or three people that I was like, uh, maybe I could, like, look in the he, system and see what his number let's is. Let's see what he's about. Let's <laughs> see how many plants he's Not murdered. to stalk him, but, like, if, no. I, if that number popped up on my phone, I know who it was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what if he's calling you first? There's no time. To- oh, my God. I got a message today. I think somebody thinks <laughs> that I'm, so like, funny. their ex or something. Because I got a message today that was, like, I don't know if you're Owen, but if you know him, I want to talk to you. And I was, like, oh, Owen. Wait, but why would this alleged Owen have the same number as me? Wouldn't she? Wouldn't she? Wait, she's saying I don't know if this is Owen. Mm-hmm. She said I don't know if this is Owen, but I think you know him, and I want to talk to you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, why would somebody that Owen knows have the same number? As that's Owen? what I'm trying to figure out. But here's the thing: I'm also like at work, right? And I'm I'm trying to like I'm trying to figure out why this woman. Is. She called me like four times, right? Oh and I'm like, why? Why are you calling me four times? You know, leave a message if it's that important. Yeah. And then she thinks I'm Owen, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, or I'm Owen's friend. I don't. Why would Owen's friend have the same number as Owen? Listen, old people. Okay. You gotta take this out of podcast, <laughs> but old people don't know how phones work. I, I I know that's crazy to say. I know that's mean to say. Like I, I love my grandma and she's smarter than most. Um, but like some old people think that if you know somebody, they got the same phone number, unfortunately. <laughs> that's just that's just how it's gonna be. It's like them like calling you and then being like, This is the wrong number, and they're like, Okay, well, can you tell him that? Yeah, exactly. No, when I was at the hotel, Literally, people would call me and be like, hey, 
So I know this is the Hotel Claremont, but do you know the motel in Dunwoody's number? And I was like, do you think that I am a robot who happens to have like a telephone book in front of me that just has every hotel that's ever been made ever? Or they'd be like, um, do you know Colorado? Do you know their, their hotel numbers? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the entirety of the place of Colorado? No, unfortunately I don't. If I did... I wouldn't be here. I'd be on Jeopardy, and yeah. and that's why I'm I you know work in retail instead. Jeopardy. So. I fucking wish I was smart enough to. God. I have just too much random information. I could be on it. Yeah. But I'm scared that I wouldn't know what like the categories God, are. If they, if they did Jeopardy for plants, it would just be you. It would be you and Rachel Athens. Well, actually, I feel like I'm starting to know more about oh. Nance and Rachel does. Oh, you better take that out. Rachel, well, no, <laughs> I mean, Rachel, no, she asks me questions sometimes. Okay, that's great. So I, at least she's humble about it. We love, listen, <laughs> what we love is a community of knowledge. Because yeah. I, you know, the one thing I know the most about is, I don't know, like, Forest chest hair. So if you have questions about that, I'm really good oh at that God. one. Um, but anything else, I am definitely not an intellect on. So if they did a Jeopardy about that, I'd be really good. But <laughs> I think we're going to have to do a lot of convincing to get that far. They're not ready for it. So this is Grow the Fuck Up. And hey now! <laughs> and Morgan, let's talk about how me, you, and Forrest slept in the same bed. <laughs> you mean the bed that you got on the ground right now in your bedroom? Hmm. Are you mad that I don't cherish the bed that we shared together? I am mad. I think it should be at a museum. I think it should really be in a museum because <laughs> here's the thing. This bed has been through so much. It's been, oh God. That it bed, fit three bodies on it. I was comfortable. I listen, don't know about everybody else. That bed fit three bodies, but that bed has also seen hell and high water because... I don't want to know. You, do you want to know? What it's been through on my end isn't that bad. Girl, you know how yours ended up over there? Ours ended up over in the other corner of the room, too. We got... No, you want to hear something? Mm-hmm. This is, like, the part of the podcast where I'm like, hey, mom, dad, if you're listening, they wouldn't be. But if you are, this is the time to mute the podcast. Chloe's scared. She, like, licked my ankle. Twice. She said, she said, mommy, mommy, is she going to talk about penis? Oh, and Lord. The answer is no, I'm not. I'm simply not going to. Okay. Um, but on me and Forrest's second date, uh-huh. Uh-huh, we were in this exact room. Okay. God. Keep talking. I'm taking a picture. Oh, you're taking a picture? True. Um, but we were in this exact room, and there was a downstairs neighbor that is not the downstairs neighbor that is there right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were having a great time, and it was... Like, fine. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> on the floor, we hear, bah, 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 bah. and it's the downstairs neighbor with downstairs neighbor with a broom uh-huh. hitting her ceiling because she was like, I thought that you were, like, killing someone. And she was like, I heard, like, scraping all over the ground, and I didn't understand what was oh, happening. Lord. And I was just like, um... Oh, um, you need to mind your business. Ma'am. <laughs> Ma'am. Don't ask. You don't need to know. Don't worry about it at all. Oh, We're man. fine. Well, um, allegedly you know. she... Never mind, I'm not going to say that on air. But oh, that's fine. I just need to know who, what her name is. What's her name? Mesa. What's it? Mesa. Just because I'm getting somebody's mail and this person told Park downstairs mm-hmm. yeah. that... Yeah, the people upstairs, like, know who I am, so just give the mail to them. 
Girl, how are we going to know where to send I it? I never met that woman, never seen that woman in my <laughs> you life. Said, you said, I'm the people upstairs and right. I don't know who the hell you're talking about. It's the people upstairs in the room with us right now. Oh my God. Of course, as, as soon as I said my mom shouldn't listen to this podcast, she sent me a text. What'd she say? Oh, she's just asking how my week is going. Just feel like, good, I'm recording a podcast right now. Yeah, but then she's going to be like, oh, what's the podcast? <laughs> okay. And I'm going to have to be like, mom, don't, you don't know the F word. It's fine. <laughs> So, where did you grow up, Morgan? Oh, this is such a fun question. Okay, so, um, for the world that didn't know by the fact that I have tiny bangs and pink hair, I am a child of divorce. Jump scare. (gasps) So scary. I was unwittingly given baby bangs. God, that is heinous. I'm sure they look fine. Um, Well, you can tell I have a hat on, and that's because I'm trying to hide how tiny they are. It's fine. They look fine (laughs) with a hat. Um, But, so, I grew up... I grew up between two places. I grew up in Conyers, Mm -hmm. which is, like, a small town that's now super heroin country. Mm -hmm. Like, definitely a lot of drugs there. Mm -hmm. And then I grew up here in Atlanta. Actually, like, right here in EAV. Mm -hmm. Um, So I grew up right down the street, a place called Orange Blossom Terrace. Good old OBT. Um, But I grew up there and then also in between like 12 different houses in Conyers because Mm -hmm. my dad was like marrying women and divorcing them and having children. How many times has he been married? He's only been actually married twice. Mm -hmm. Um, But like that's such a fun story because my stepmom like did this whole really fun thing where she was like, I actually am now converted to a lesbian. Because obviously that's how that works. We know that science has proven that you can convert to lesbianism. Um, But yeah, so like she was like kind of in and out of her house when I was younger and lived in Conyers doing that, went to school in Rockdale County, infamous for their lost children of Rockdale, Mm -hmm. the the famous STD breakout there with rich children. But that was like 20 years before I got there. And yet somehow all of my teachers would ask me and be like, are you a lost child of Rockdale? And I was like... What STD did they have? I don't know. I think it was maybe syphilis. Um, potentially. But I honestly have never seen the documentary. It was oh. just a thing that, like, my Spanish teacher, who would dock us, like, grade points if we said the word like in her class. Mm-hmm. It was mostly her that would be like, mm-hmm. you don't know what the lost child of Rockdale is. Mm-hmm. Are you one of them? And I'm just like, um... I don't know. Like, I don't know what that means. I'm, you know... That's scary. A 15-year-old. It's like going to school in, like, a town like Silent Hill. Yeah. No, it literally... It felt like that. It was so weird. And, and I mean, it was funny because I went to, like, a little nerd school. I went to, like, a science and technology magnet school. So, like, nobody was having sex. Are you kidding me? We were all just, like, terrified of each other. Yeah. And half of us were, like queer and weren't talking about it and mm-hmm. so we were all just like going to prom with one another and just being like this is this is normal like yeah. <laughs> don't worry about it um so yeah no I grew up there and then I grew up in EAV which was like when I was you know a child Atlanta mm-hmm. was the dreamland I was mm-hmm. like this is where I'm gonna live my entire life this is everything I've ever wanted I remember being like 13 and being like I'm gonna get an ATL tattoo mm-hmm. because I love it here so much and then I turned, like, 20 and realized that I was like, oh, this place is literally yeah. burning to the ground around me. Yeah. Um, so, you know. So, how was your childhood? 
any AV. Oh, God. It's like, it's kind of crazy here. Like, Girl. I don't <laughs> that, it was crazy here. I think um, for me, the main thing was like, I I would go on EAV a lot when I was younger. I There was mm-hmm. a bookstore that was like in the village that I would visit a lot and I would go like just my mom or like hang out there by myself. Mm-hmm. It was like definitely just kind of going around Atlanta by myself a lot. And I was like the friend that would take my friends to like the High Museum on Marta. And mm-hmm. I'd be like, you guys have to be smart on Marta. Like, don't be idiots. Mm-hmm. Let's not, you know, harass people. Um, but I think that in general... Uh, I think it was really good for me to move out of like Conyers and mm. not just be living there just because I watched so many people get so stuck there, especially since there is like such a heavy, like, I don't know, opioid crisis mm-hmm. there. I think I watched a lot of people who got bored just being like, cool, well, I'm just going to get addicted to drugs. Why not? Yeah. And, and that definitely became a part of like the culture there. And I think moving to Atlanta and being here was a huge part of, like, my personality. And and definitely, maybe vapidly, was me being like, I'm just cooler than all of this. Mm -hmm. You just don't know what I know. That Mm -hmm. there's a city so close that's so exciting. Um, And I think, like, part of me as a kid was trying to be like, look. Look at all these things we can do that's not Conyers or that's Mm -hmm. not Covington. Um, But then at the same time, like, all of my time here... I spent with my stepdad, who's, like, a very dark figure, I think, in my... I know. A surprise, surprise. The girl with the tiny bangs has a, a tormental, like, oh my God. stepfather. Who could ever believe such a thing? Um, but I think that it was really interesting dichotomy for me because it was like I loved it here so much but I also knew that everything I did here would always be connected to him is your like mom still with this guy yeah oh yeah yeah it's crazy like it it makes literally no sense to me at all like there have been so many times that I've tried so hard to be like get out get out of there yeah because she is like there is has never been a kinder, sweeter, more giving, more caring human being than my mother. Like, she yeah. has three kids who live at their house right now and a child on the spectrum. And she's, like, the kindest, the most understanding. Like, mm-hmm. came from South Georgia and, and, like, worked her ass off to do, like, really amazing things and be, like... Way different from her whole family. Yeah. And then married, like, the biggest scumbag ever born. Well, that's what I was going to say, is, like, she seems like that type of mom that's like, I was born to be a mother. I it, didn't know anything yes. before this. And not and not saying that in a condescending like, No, a, no. A I, think that's, way. I think that that can sometimes yeah. be, like, I don't know. I think for some people, that makes total sense. Yeah. And I think for my mom... In a lot of ways, it did. I mean, she had me when she was so young. And so, yeah. like, I'm I'm one thing. And then the children she's had with my stepdad has been a completely other thing. Um, but, like, she is... My dad, on the other hand, is like, I should have never had you. Yeah. I don't know where you came from. I was a good Christian. And, yeah. like, was, like, a 20-year-old who with blue hair that was like, yeah. I am not supposed to have a baby. Yeah. And my mom is, like, the mom that was like, oh... That made total sense for me. Like, yeah. That was it for me. And not in a cringy way. Like no. Like, Kourtney Kardashian way. Mm-hmm. Like, I have everything I need, but, like, I really just like, want to be a mom. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I think that, like, for her, it was hugely fulfilling and something that, like, my my dad and my mom got divorced 
like right after I was born. I mean, it was very much so like a very Christian thing where it was like, we have to be married to have the baby. Mm-hmm. And then had me and immediately got divorced, which is like something I have no recollection of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think my mom was very much so just like stoked that she had somebody in her corner. And, and I think it was really, really sweet. And then I think she had all my little brothers and she loves them infinitely. And my stepdad is just like, I don't know, a selfish and bad human being who like has the, mm-hmm. oh, I'm scared now. Oh no. Who has the inability to like have emotional depth. I think he's like maybe actually a psychopath or a sociopath. Like that's maybe an ignorant thing to say, but like mm-hmm. don't trust him at yeah. all. Like very, very bad person. So, so, you know, she's still with him and I've tried so hard to be like, you're so cool and so mm-hmm. much better than this. And she's like, but the boys need a father. And I'm like, they can have him outside the house. Yeah, it, exactly. The exactly. He can be like the cat that lives outside. We don't need to invite him in. We can give him food sometimes if he needs it. But right. damn, he don't need to live here. Yeah. But damn, that's sad because yeah, like I'm very like kids not involved. Mm-hmm. I'm very big on like you do not need to be with that man. Yeah, you need to get away from him. You can be all by yourself. But even like guys are not bad. I'm like, no, I'm the exact just same be way. Single. That's my thing, and I think that that was something it took me a really long time to understand, was, like, because I had such a tumultuous, like, family relationship, I think there there was a very big part of my life where I was like, I have to have a man who's going to be there for me, mm-hmm. and I think that it took a lot of me, like, coming to terms with both my queerness and also coming to terms with, like, my independence as a human being and realizing that I was, like... I don't know. I think as a teenager, I had a lot of this internal strife where I was like, oh, God, I'm unlovable. No one will ever care about me. Mm-hmm. And I think it took me getting over that and being like, it, A, doesn't matter. Like, I care about me. I'm important because I'm here. Mm-hmm. And B, like, somebody else caring about me definitely is not going to be the thing that justifies if I'm important or not, you know? Mm-hmm. Like... That it's great to have somebody who's there in your corner. Absolutely. Like, I, you know, now have such an incredible support system, but I don't have a big support system. Mm-hmm. I feel like the people that I surround myself with, I'm very choosy about. And, yeah. and that's because I wasn't for the longest time. I definitely had a large part of my life where I was just like, yeah, if you like me, I guess you're my best friend now. And, like, mm. I just don't, I don't think that that's very productive, you know? That's me. For that, Like, I've been reflecting on this. Yeah. Oh, like, recently, it's just, like, all the people that I was, like, oversharing with. Yeah. And, like, being, like, oh, like, we're, well, we're best friends now. So and, I can tell you these things. Yeah. And then them, like, not wanting to talk to me. Yeah. And then I'm, like, oh, well, it's, now I'm, like, oh, well, like, yeah, I wouldn't want to, like, that's kind of scary. And mm-hmm. you don't know how to tell somebody yeah. who you can, like, see obviously needs a friend. Like, yeah. I needed a friend, but mm-hmm. I was, like. Looking all the wrong places. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and I think, like, a lot of times, too, when you're a person who's, like, needing a friend, unfortunately, there are people that look at that and they go, oh, that's a target. Mm-hmm. Like, that's someone who is so easily taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. And I think that, unfortunately, like, there are so many different factors to that, obviously. But I think a lot of times, like, being a woman or being a person, like, in a city or things like that, people around you constantly are, like, looking for an in. And are looking for a way to be like, oh, I can just emotionally drain you at any yeah. point. And and I have had so many people around me that have been that person. Mm-hmm. And and I watch like the people around me have people like that around them. And I think I definitely like 
as a bad trait. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm like hyper judgmental of people mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh, you don't have anything to bring to the table. Yeah. So bye. Yeah. And I think that was something that like with you, mm-hmm. I had such an easy connection with mm-hmm. because I felt like you were a very like I think vulnerable is maybe the wrong word, mm-hmm. but I think you're a very honest person. And I think that like even upon first meeting you and people being like, we don't think you should be friends with Jada because she, she cares too that. much. And I'm just like, God, I care too much. Like, yeah. that's me. Um, and I think it took me a while, too, because I I think when you met me, I was at one of the lowest points in my life. Mm-hmm. I was dating a person that I had, like, a very bad time with um, who, like, was very jealous and wanted to demean me as much as possible and felt very threatened by me. Mm-hmm. And and I think I met you at that time when I was trying so hard to be like a small person mm-hmm. that it's been really incredible to get to know you as the person that I am now mm-hmm. and not just as the person where I was like, hey, I just broke up with my boyfriend and now I'm going to go on a bunch of Tinder dates and this is my whole personality. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's been it's been very nice to not have that be my life. That is me. I because I have that life for you. <laughs> but you have a way more like I don't know. I think you know yourself so much better than I yeah. did even a year ago. You know, which yeah. I mean, I guess we're a year apart in age. Mm-hmm. But I think you do. I think you have a very strong self awareness and ability. Oof. God, don't say it like oof. No, I'm just saying like it's true. She's Girl, speaking. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I can't come on your podcast and be like. Um, Jada doesn't know herself. Sorry, yeah. guys. This is. And the I cut. don't want to seem like a cringy person. Either You're not. When I'm like, when I'm like, I know myself. Like, I, 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 maybe I'm just like more proud of that. That's yeah. why I'm always like talking about it. Cause just like I, it's truly like, oh my god, guys that I like have like some toward sort of romantic interest in me mm-hmm. don't realize that I'm being serious when I say this. But it's just like, or they like people naturally think that somebody has like an ulterior ulterior motives mm-hmm. and and I'm just like no like what I say is like what, what is, is there what is in my brain <laughs> yeah and one time uh beautiful Dylan oh god said, oh god I was like yeah there's just like I was making a joke I was like yeah there's nothing up here like I said, <laughs> I said what I said basically yeah. and he was like yeah I can tell <gasps> Oh my god. That man. I said, sir, you should never open your mouth again. Yeah. Uh, sir, why are you continue to speak? That uh, man. <laughs> too bold for his own good. Just for the record, can't. Never mind, let me not say that. He don't brush his teeth. He that's all we gotta teeth. say. He doesn't brush his teeth. And, and he has said it. It's not us being like, no, oh, he, he said. Brush his teeth. Because I didn't notice I didn't brush his mm-hmm. teeth. But, like, maybe it's, like, an intermittent thing. No, like, he even admitted. He said, I don't brush my teeth. He said it in a, in a situation where he should not have said that. Yeah, where it should have been serious enough for him to go, yeah, you're right. Maybe my hygiene ain't so great. And instead he said, you're right. I don't brush my teeth. And yeah. I said, you should lie yeah. there. God, yeah. I wonder what his sign just is. Just clueless. Uh, he is a Scorpio. Of course. God, a Scorpio knows how to lie in yeah. the worst worst times to lie, but doesn't know when to lie to, like, make everybody feel a little better. Yeah. Like, everybody hates a Gemini, but God, mm. at least I know when is the right time to lie if I have to. I can't wait to, like, actually out that man. Oh, pff, There girl. is so much that I can out him <laughs> for. 
And I just, I, luckily I'm not, like, a vindictive person. Yeah, but, but like, maybe you should be. Or also, like, I just also don't want to be on Instagram and be like, this person, blah, blah, blah. This bitch. Because it's just, like, yes, like, you could, yes, you could do it in the name of, like, warning somebody. Yeah. But it's, like, whose business is that really? Like, yeah. just message those people privately. So, I try to be conscious of that. But, like, literally, I want to be, like, y'all, stay away from Stay this away man. from this man. He doesn't brush it. I feel like he should have to wear a t-shirt constantly that says I don't brush my teeth but it's not even that like he's actually crazy no I know but here's the thing is remember like okay so when you first showed you sent me like a screenshot of this man Mm -hmm. and I was like don't trust him he's crazy and you were like oh Okay, and then he said some crazy stuff. But and you, you were, don't, I don't know the context because literally every single person that you mention this man's name to, it's a different story as oh to girl, why they don't Oh, but like I got him. a different story than any of those guys. Yeah, exactly. that's the craziest part. So, like, and I obviously didn't know that going into it, yeah. but, like, I, it's just, like, also with that, it's like, okay, what may be a big deal to one person isn't a big deal to another. Yeah. Is Forrest calling you? No, he said food's here. We're not going to take a break, though. Are, do you want to take a break? Um, is this commercial break when we actually? No, do we shouldn't take a break. Do you want more of this butter wine yeah. from Target? Wine. Okay, so cool. Like, okay. do the thing. It's it's girls talk over wine. This is actually no longer uh, grow the fuck up. This is actually now just. Forrest can come in here. I don't know why he's being so weird. Forrest. He's gonna have to bring a chair from the kitchen though. Come in, darling. But I didn't talk about myself enough yet. Mm. God. I mean... You don't want to say it in front of him? No, I'll say it in front of him. He oh, knows... Yeah, yeah. Oh, this man knows all my business. You're going to have to bring a chair from the kitchen. We're oh, podcasting. No, crap. What? Yeah, you don't have to talk. You can I just, just sit. Say you, have to sit you can just sit while we be sitting. No, I'm going to go play Switch. I'm going to go play Switch. <laughs> oh, so my, this, he just going to be loud. That's my man got to play video games. Uh-oh. We can't eat in the middle of the we podcast. Can't. That's why I was like, just sit in here. Let's take your own He food. just wants to go to bed. It's okay. No, it's okay. You can okay. go. I Talk to a guy you. named Jake at the bar. From State Farm? He said, he said I've been getting Jake mm-hmm. from State Farm for the last 13 years. I said, my name's Forrest. And he mm-hmm. said, bro, your life is way harder than But also than 13 years. Is he crazy? That hasn't even been around for 13 <laughs> years. The TV wasn't invented that long ago. He went, and the guy's black. And I said, uh-huh. damn, your life is hard, Jake. Oh, I thought you were saying about Jake. You were like, and the guy's black. What does he have to worry about? Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> Jake from Safe Harms White. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to go eat my burger. This is Forrest cameo. <laughs> Forrest like said, this is my fucking well, this I've been, see- I've been speaking lab. so highly of you. Does Forrest not know that he laughs like Trixie Mattel sometimes? Oh, he definitely knows. <laughs> I, I don't have... know how Trixie Mattel laughs. So here's the thing. Is it Forrest has not yet tapped into this side of himself yet, where he knows who Trixie Mattel is? But he does <laughs> he know who Jono Birch is, so that's good. I'm training him. You know him. who Trixie is. I know. I know who... You know the funny rabbit on tricks? That's Trixie. I always say Trixie Mattel jokes, and you never say, like, I don't know what that means. I've said that. I've said that. No, Forrest because a I sent it over a text message. Mm-hmm. You have a dad tendency yeah. sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. Where you go, I I don't know who that is. Can you explain who that is for me? Huh. Trixie Mattel? Is that like Divine? Barbie? You know like Barbie? Is that Trix, Trixie? I, I know that Trixie Mattel has a stand-up special or like a, sh- a movie or show Most out. Most drag queens are going to. Well, they're just hilarious. Yeah. This seems like a big deal. This okay, you go eat your burger. Okay. Yeah, this is when I leave the uh-huh. podcast to go do my burger. 
Do your burger. Where, where did you get food from? Gaja or flat? Flat. Gaja, Gaja was, was fucked up. Like, the line was incredibly long. It was what out the door. Thursday? That's what I said. Everyone was there. No one was at Flatiron. Except for Jake. And, like, from State three Farm. dudes, like, crying about Alice in Chains. Why? Was it there was the one, so the one dude that's... Tyler there? Who? Tyler who? Oh, you were downstairs. Tyler, the t-shirt guy. T-shirt she works at Trophy Room? No, Ashley does. Oh. His girlfriend. Well, oh, Ashley works at Trophy Room? Y'all did not. No. I heard that recently. I don't really go to Trophy Room like that. She works there, so like he'll be there like hanging out with her okay. sometimes. I saw Will across the street. If I, t- I wouldn't yeah. say hi, Will. Ingram? No, 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 no. Will, the oh, vintage the s- man. Great William. Great yeah. William. We talked about, um, I think you should leave. And he said, I look like He-Man. And I said, I feel like He-Man Hey, right darling. Now. I don't think we need that in here. If you wouldn't mind just bringing it out to the, the living I'm area. I'm going to put it in the oven so it doesn't get cold. Oh, oh that's genius. Except Sounds we're like going to get styrofoam poisoning. It's not going to be on. Oh, yeah. It's okay. Okay. Y'all have fun. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm talking about lessons. my childhood traumas. Oh. But oh, not wait, really. Look at this one. She's like, I can't deal with this. I got my own trauma. Yeah, she Chloe literally licked my ankle. Her whole her whole ponytail is holding all her trauma. She That's why I got a hat on. Huh? She need to go pee or something? No, nah, she just wants to go with you. She's Maybe like, if you let her outside, she can sit outside with you. She said, That's that's my other uncle. Uncle. Bye. So many Chloe has so many uncles. Yeah, that's I mean I like it though. Because like she likes men. Yeah, we love a support system. That's mm-hmm. important. And also it's like what else are men useful for unless they're being dog uncles? Because like otherwise I don't trust them. That's why I couldn't take that glass, because I'd just be like, yeah, yeah. Oh girl, it's all gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, I have actually red wine. Red wine? I have box wine, hold on. We gotta pause the podcast. <sighs> no, don't pause oh, it. This is my time to talk by myself. Uh-oh. Hi guys, this is Morgan. You might know me as Disco Mom on Instagram. Um, Jada single-handedly got me into houseplants. And is, oh, there's catastrophe happening outside. Um, If I were to describe myself in one sentence, it would be loves macaroni and cheese. Um, and buttery Chardonnay, God, why not? And I'm a Gemini, if you didn't know. This is why Jada runs the podcast, not me. Um, but I do have a really fantastic podcast idea about, um, it's called Should You Have a Podcast? And it's where I'm interviewing men who think they should have a podcast. And it's just me telling them that they shouldn't. Because unless they have like a really, really good idea, which... Let's be honest, normally they don't. Um, I just am like, no thanks, you shouldn't have a podcast. And then that's just the whole thing. Uh-oh. Oh, uh-oh, it's just been me talking to myself. God, this is box. Gemini of me. Oh, there's somehow wine in my glass. Oh, yeah, you have wine. Oh, yeah, I was just topping it off, I guess. That's Jada getting that Bota box. In her glass. Ooh. What kind of red wine are we drinking tonight, darling? You might not be drinking none of it, because it feels <laughs> a little empty now. It said, it's gone. <laughs> it feels Let's a little see, empty. but what, what, 
Oh, a cab salve, if yeah. you will. Cabernet Sauvignon. It's okay, I'll just slap the bag, as they say, if I need to. Alright, so, um... <laughs> Where were we? <laughs> What did what what did you think that growing up meant whenever you were a kid? God. Like, what were your expectations of growing up? I feel like I'm such a bad candidate for this whole thing because I grew up when I was like ten years old. Yeah. When I was like ten, I my little brother was born mm-hmm. and essentially my dad and my stepmom were like, Oh, we don't wanna deal with this, so that's your son now. And I was like, cool, mm. I'm 10. All I know how to do is make cereal. And there was like, they were like, that's close enough. And so I think for me, like, for the longest time, growing up was, like, getting married, having kids, and, like, living the good Christian life. Do you mind if I bust open yeah. this boat So that's box? wine, actually, from Jack O'Reilly. From Jack O'Reilly. Oh, God, we can't talk about another thing that can't be on the air. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So that's why we're going to instead talk about okay. my childhood, okay. which is definitely... So how how old were you when you realized... Okay, I can hear Hold all on, let that. me just go ahead and rip open this box. Sorry, You podcast. know, it's fine, because no, because like me and Camilla's episode is just like a shit-talking episode. No, that's great. I so really it's fine. Oh, we can man. have those like every once in a while. Mm-hmm. It's fine. And Martin yeah. talked about serious things, so I can talk about like, yeah. like we just sometimes you gotta slap a wine bag. Okay, oh, now God. it's done. It has been done. Okay, so how old were you when you realized what it actually meant to grow up? Hmm, what it actually meant to grow up? Yeah. I think, Not saying that you did it, but, like, when you realize, like, oh, shit. Yeah. I, I think to do this. I think it took me being out of college, very honestly. I think it took me, like, and I know, I know Martin mentioned something kind of similar when he talked mm-hmm. about this, which was, like, the pandemic and all of those things. And I, I feel somewhat similarly, but I think for me, it, mm-hmm. it took me breaking up with the person I had been with throughout college who, like, was really holding me back. And I think, again, breaking away from this concept of being, like, being grown up is being a mommy and a daddy. Yeah. And, like, breaking away from this concept of, of that. Mm-hmm. And I think for me... I didn't feel that way until I moved away from college, graduated college, um, moved back home, and was here in Atlanta. And and I think that, like, very honestly, not to talk about forced 100 million ways, Mm -hmm. but I think that that was the first time that I felt like I had, like, a grown-up relationship because Mm -hmm. my ex I was supporting single-handedly. Like, I was the only person working and paying the bills. He didn't pay rent. We all lived together? Oh, yeah. We would live together. Even he cheated on me, lived in my apartment, and did not pay rent. Even when I didn't live there and I was still paying rent. In Atlanta or Athens? In Athens. Uh Mm Uh-huh. And he was a very successful tattoo artist. And then as soon as I... So for, like, the whole time that I knew him, he did not have his own car. And then as soon as I broke up with him, he got his own car. And took his, like, girl that he was cheating on me with to the mountains on like a trip and we hadn't done anything together for like four years it was crazy um but you know so don't get tattooed in in Athens at pain and wonder (laughs) I have it's on my arm oh shit well but I got tattooed by a good guy yeah Eros is lovely and incredible but the person I'm talking about 
And Eris doesn't even work there anymore. Yeah, Eris is like, this place is bullshit. I'm going to open my own shop. Yeah, it's so bullshit. With only women, too. <laughs> so. Pink Goblin rocks. Also, okay. I don't think I have an engineering degree, so I very truly don't know how this works. She's talking about a bag of wine, by it's the a, way. It's a bag of wine. I said, um... um... Okay, so turn it upside down, because that's where the spell is. There we go. And then press the button. Yeah. Ta-da! <laughs> Y'all. It wasn't even, like, anything complicated. She just didn't know how to press a button to Here's make the thing. The I thought it was a out. twisty thing, because yeah. I've had a lot of... Bo- <gasps> Alright, now, there's a white desk, now. Nah. I'm gonna lick it. Don't worry. Hold on, now. Nah. I'm gonna put my tongue on the white desk. Oh, Lord. Okay, if I get to this... Ah! I'm gonna put my hat in it first. Okay, there's gonna be a lot that I have to cut out. Because, like, I'm like, no, we can keep it. But I'm like, no. We can keep this. We can keep me licking the desk and getting wine on my hat. Um, But no, I think it took me, like, realizing what it actually meant to be a grown-up and what it meant to, to grow the fuck up. It, it took me being at least 22 years old so like which is i when i think about it so young um because i think when i was a younger child i thought i knew what it meant to grow up and i thought it i knew what it meant to be a grown-up because Mm -hmm. i was like doing a lot of things that i watched the people that i i understood as grown-ups around me doing and i was like watching kids and making sure that kids had things to eat and i was preparing you know preparing school projects for kids and doing mm-hmm. all these things for my siblings that I, I thought that that was what it meant to be a grown-up. And I don't think I understood the complexity of growing up within the context of myself and, like, what that meant for my personal journey mm-hmm. until I got out of college and, and separated myself from a person who made sure that I knew that growing up was all about them. And, mm-hmm. and had nothing to do with me and had everything to do with me serving them and not serving myself. And um, I don't know. I think I spent a lot of alone time realizing that growing up had a lot more to do with, like, self-respect and, and recognizing thyself and all of those exciting and, like, philosophical things. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chloe's, <laughs> like, to making your jacket into a bed. Yeah, Chloe said... Yeah. I know a man has worn this jacket before. This is Forrest's old jacket that I am I'm commandeering. Hello, Miss Chloe. I know you wanna you wanna stick your little head in there. You wanna get oh she said <laughs> she said, Don't touch me hard. She said absolutely not. I Chloe know what said I'm doing. I knew what it meant to grow up when Morgie touched me. I know you wanna you wanna stick your little head in there. I'm so glad you got that on camera. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I think I'm I... trying to do some promo for the pod, but then <laughs> Chloe did something so funny. And then Chloe said, ah! <laughs> God. It, um, no, but I think... I don't even remember what the original question was, to be completely honest. We ate a whole how old when you? How old were you? How old when you? <laughs> how old when you? How old were you when you realized that you grew up? And you said oh. 22. Yeah, I think I think that's when I realized that like I was a grown up for myself and not mm-hmm. for other people. Yeah, because I think that's when I realized like, I think that was the first time I had a job where I was just supporting myself and also a position where I was like, starting to move away from having to be emotionally supportive of all the people around me and instead got to be emotionally supportive of myself and like it definitely. Tr- creeps in sometimes um and I did living at home 
was like a double-edged sword where moving away from Athens meant not being with my ex, but it also meant living again with my stepdad and my mom who were like at that time having the most tumultuous part of their relationship they ever had mm-hmm. and having to be like the grown up in that situation when they were trying to figure out their things, which was like something at this point I was so accustomed to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think finally when I was like 22 years old, I realized that now, it wasn't my job. what the hell job. going on out there? Forrest about to fight somebody. Is it Forrest out there making all that noise? That's probably a fart. That was a forest fart. It, it's earth shattering. Lord have mercy. That's how you know I'm grown up because I got to <laughs> deal with those parts. <laughs> Forrest is thankable. Ah, don't tell. He gets really, his feelings get so hurt when you say really? that. I, he's like, I'm not stankable. <laughs> I called him stinky butt the other day and he was like, no, I got IBS. He'd be like, I'm not thinking about it. I'm thinking pits. Stank my pits. My Aww. pits smell bad. Yeah, he's a little baby. He's a little angel baby. He a little baby. He's doing his best. Um. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, him being like, never mind. I'm not gonna say it all now. No, say it on the air. Tell us what you heard. I be getting forced in trouble. Yeah, he I deserves do. it sometimes. I do because. The thing is that, I don't know, I can't elaborate on air too No, much. do it! Tell the world. We can always cut it. It starts at 55 minutes that you might need to cut. Tell me the tea. I must know. No, I mean, you're witness to it all the time. If, I, if I'm if i ever getting forced in trouble, you're standing right there. And then I probably am agreeing. <laughs> me, me being like, me texting Forrest, like, updates. The time when you you yelled at him. Because ah! you were like, you were like uh, he was like, uh, I think you should text Morgan about this. Ah! Do you remember that? I don't even remember this, but that makes a lot of sense. Was it for a plan of some description? It was like, Morgan would love to hear about these plans, too, or something like that. Oh, I know exactly what this is about. So so here's a really fun thing. Uh-huh. So, and this has nothing to do with you, which is the funniest part of this story. Is this whole a uh, Grow the Fuck Up exclusive Oh, this is... Update? Um, excuse me, this is a Grow the Fuck Up exclusive <sighs> update. Um, so there's this really funny thing What's where, that? like... People will try to make plans with me and Forrest and they'll have both of our numbers. Mm -hmm. And instead of texting both of us or texting me, who, let's be honest, keeps the calendar of our relationship, Mm -hmm. we'll text only Forrest. And I'll be like, hey, I hope you know that if you text Forrest a date, that what he does is he goes, hey, Morgan, can you put this in your calendar so I'll remember what the date is? And mm-hmm. and so I had this moment in time where I was like, listen, if I'm going to be your personal assistant, I would love to just be directly addressed. Like, mm-hmm. I would love to just be in the group chat that says, you know, here's the date. And, and I think that's probably, it was like a somewhat misguided hit at you where it was like, you're not the person that's the problem. <laughs> like, it's very much so like a man thing where uh-huh. they'll be like, yo, Forrest, my dog, my boy, um, you and Morgan better pop up at my show on that bad, 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 bad date. And I'm like, I'm the one who's going to get us there. <laughs> I'm yeah. with the calendar and Forrest will just tell me the date. And I'm like, it's way easier if I can just search my text messages and be like, hey, here's the time in the day. That makes sense. I don't think it's that unreasonable, but I do think that sometimes like if your boy is trying to make plans and then you're trying to suddenly be like, 
Um, actually, my girlfriend runs my calendar. Yeah. <laughs> but that can sometimes be a little bit like, I don't know. Demeaning is the wrong word. I think the right word is just like, it can seem like I'm being like, he, um, he can't go into, into anything unless I have it in our calendar. He can't yeah. go to a thing. When in reality, I'm like, I just like to know what the plan is, so I'm not blindsided. Yeah. But I don't know. I also think Because he would, like, not, like, let you know until last minute. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It would be a thing where I wouldn't know until last minute, and then it... Or it would be the day after, mm-hmm. and we'd be like, oh, shit. We didn't go to the thing, and I'm like, I didn't even know that thing was happening. And Boris is yes to everything. Yes. Well, yeah. because he, you know, such a supportive, sweet king, and we love that for him, but yeah. also it's like... You can only say yes to so many things. Well, I only say that based off of the fact that when we're trying to leave somewhere, he's, like, saying bye to somebody, and Mm -hmm. then you don't leave for another 30 minutes. Literally for an hour and a half, because he's got to tell bestie number one and bestie number two, which, like, God, what an admirable trait. I wish I could have, like... He's a Gemini. Yeah, so am I, but, like, I'm triple air sign Gemini, which Mm -hmm. means that, like... I'm a Gemini, so people should like me, but in reality, yeah. I'm all of these other things that that mean that I'm kind of, like, the worst person. Well, it's also, like, I feel, like, easier for people to be like, I like this man, rather than, I like this, this woman. woman. Yeah. No, it's that, and it's also, I think... So you'll say the same shit, and it'll be like, she's a bitch. Yeah, that yeah. part. And it, yeah. it's very much so a thing where, like, I... <laughs> I think I'm also just, like, bad at making friends in a very mm-hmm. specific way that Forrest is not bad at making friends, where he, like, he has such a, like, sweet and thoughtful heart, and mine is, like, thoughtful in a weird way, where it'll be like, hey, you remember that weird fact you told me a long time ago? Mm-hmm. If I bring that up again, will that make you uncomfortable, or will you like it? And then mm-hmm. I'll, like, vocalize that, and people are like, um, either way now, actually, I'm, yeah. I'm feeling weirded out. And, and Forrest very much so just has, like, a... But we know, like, the behind the scenes. We, like, I feel like... Mm, yeah, that part. Men don't care about as much. No, they don't. So... And it's, it's very easy to just be like, I'm a boy, and I care because I'm a boy. And that's and that's yeah. all you really have to say, and people are impressed. But also when your friend does some fucked up shit, like, mm. it's less... Not saying that, like, you would continue to be friends with them, yeah. but just, like, the signs you're yeah. not catching on to as easy as yeah. we both. Yeah, no, it's it's very that, and I yeah. think it is like I I don't know. So you have to tell them like maybe you shouldn't be friends with that person. Maybe you shouldn't do that shit. No, I have had to have that conversation a few times. Yeah, with with not just the men in my life, but but definitely specifically with the men in my life. Yeah, where I've been like, hey, um, I think that person actually like is not respectful or kind. Yeah, so and is it, like, even a proper analysis to be like, well, he makes friends better than I do. That, it, it's and, like, does yeah. he care about as much as... I think that I think that the the action of making friends he is better at, but the quality of friends I am right. maybe better at. Which is, you know, to each their own. I think mm-hmm. that that is the easiest way to discern that he's a Gemini and I'm a Gemini with a triple air sign, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like... I, I have all the hot air, but I also have mm-hmm. the part of me that's like, I require a deep emotional connection yeah. before I can, like, actually create a relationship People are with scary. People are so hard to get along with, very honestly, and that makes me sound like the biggest bitch and I hate to say it because I love people, like, I want to love people, there's like a huge part of me that wants to be like, 
everyone is deserving of love and mm. all of these incredible not everybody but not everybody is deserving <laughs> love and especially like i feel like the conversations you and i have had mm-hmm. especially i'm i'm not even gonna say especially about men because girl i've met some women that are also really yeah. really awful people and being a lesbian doesn't cure your problems because then you just get toxic women that Dang. are like super emotional no it's too. true well i think that's such an antiquated idea right yeah. it's like oh I wish I was a lesbian. And it's like, girl, no, you don't. Yeah. Like, like I can tell well, you. It's like the, the theory of, like, women having so much emotional intelligence mm-hmm. whenever you're dating another woman. You're and like, let's move in together. Yeah. Because you literally do, like, figure things out in mm-hmm. a way that's, like, or just, like, more emotionally intact, too. And it's yeah. just, it makes sense that, like, if I was in a relationship with a woman, I'd be like, why don't we just move in together? Why not? I feel Why like women are so thing? because they're they're so forced to be so upfront. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's the thing is that there is a society uh, we live in a society mm-hmm. of expectations, right? Where it's like women or female presenting people like there is an expectation to perform as the emotionally intelligent person in a relationship, and I think that that's something that I have experienced both in my more like my relationship with men but also in my relationships with women where Mm -hmm. it is a thing where like I have been with very emotionally unintelligent women as well and I think it's it's just a thing where it's like I have been forced to be a grown-up my or you know a quote-unquote grown-up or a person who who's responsible for a lot of things yeah exactly for all my life and therefore like the partners that I have been around most of my life have been people who expect me to be like some sort of guiding force mm-hmm. or some sort of, I don't know, potential emotional rock, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that follows me no matter, you know, the binary of the thing. I think it's just that that is sometimes how it goes. And I think that it's, again, a very antiquated idea to be like, well, you know, if only I could just be with women only. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> it, it really is up to you. And I think that I, for a long time, boxed myself into only being around people who needed me because I was an emotionally, or what I thought was an emotionally intelligent person or a responsible person. And what mm-hmm. I realized at the end of the day was that I wasn't emotionally intelligent at all. Mm-hmm. I was simply just like really good at being in charge of things and therefore wasn't able to realize that I was only attracting people who needed me to be in charge of things, which I think is really funny to, to back up with the fact that I'm like, I keep Forrest Calendar <laughs> because I swear he's very, he's very organized and emotionally intelligent with everything else. It's simply just dates don't really stick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I mean, he's, I feel like he, even if, like, he is good with dates, I feel like he just says yes to everything. Yeah, I think I think he, again, it's like he's very smart and he, again, very emotionally intelligent, but or still. wants to say yes to everything. Still, yeah. I yeah. think there is a huge part of him that, that loves everybody so deeply in a way that I cannot bring myself to do. Yeah. Which is, is awful, but I, I do have a very... I don't know. I have a very distrusting spirit to myself, I think, that yeah. he does not have. Where he does just want to say yes to everybody because he wants to be supportive. But then I'm like, none of these people show up for you. Mm-hmm. And 
I will fight everybody who doesn't show up. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, like, I just, I feel like I'm very much like Forrest. Mm-hmm. But then the aspect of you that, like, comes into play is, like, me being like, well, I don't really care. Because yeah. I like, I mean, like, I like this person. Mm-hmm. And I just, yes, it's, like, an important thing to, like, think about. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, I, I feel like... Where, but me being like, I'm okay with it comes from the fact that, like, I'm like, most people aren't shit anyway. Yeah, no, so, exactly. Like, I might as well just, like, take what I can get. Yeah. Rather well, than being like, no, they actually like me. Yeah. And, like, they want to be around me. I think that's, that's, like, a big lesson I had to learn, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that I still am trying to instill within myself. And it's, it's this idea that I'm, like, I am trying really hard to surround myself with only people that I feel like are putting in an effort mm-hmm. that is equal to the amount of effort that I'm putting in. Mm-hmm. And ever since I've had that mentality, I have found, especially women who have been so incredibly, like, I don't know, kind and also communicative. Mm-hmm. And and I find that I am being, like, invited to things intentionally with the idea of being like, oh, I'm going to go to this thing. And the person that invited me there is going to spend time with me intentionally as opposed to... I think when I was trying to just be, like, a social person, when I came back to Atlanta for the first time and I was Mm -hmm. like, God, I just need, like, a social group, I was kind of just throwing myself at the concept of, like, social anything. And it didn't matter if anybody there cared that I was there or not. And and I think that it's it's taken a lot of, like, self growth I guess yeah um to realize that I'm like I shouldn't have to go to a place where I'm not valued I shouldn't have to go to a place where I'm having to fight to make friends so mm-hmm. hard and and that has been really fulfilling to be like god yeah. I like the people I'm surrounding myself with I feel very confident in the people who are around me and they are trying to build me up rather than trying to break me down or trying to just ignore me to seem cooler to all the people around them yeah but. I, like, I'm sure I'll get to that point, mm-hmm. too. But right now, it's in the phase of, like, well, I have fun by myself anyway. Yeah. Like, nobody's as fun as, as I am. No, for sure. So I'm like, okay, well, even if I'm not, like, going for this one person, yeah. like, I'll just, like, dance by myself in I'll a corner. But I'm sure I'll get, like, tired of that eventually. But I think... That's a huge part of it, too, mm-hmm. as I think a huge part of it is realizing the value within yourself mm-hmm. and realizing that it's like, listen, if I'm going to go and make the effort in a place like this, whether it be for myself or for someone else, mm-hmm. if I am ever going to make the effort to go and be around another person, I might as well be around someone who realizes that I am worth the time and worth the effort of befriending or of getting to know at the very least. And I think for me, I, I didn't have many friends growing up. And I, I had like one really, really fantastic friend that I had known since I was like in kindergarten. Yeah. And, and that was it. And then I got to high school and I had like acquaintances, but it was very like off again, off on again um, kind of things. And then in college, I had like no friends at all. Mm-hmm. And and I think for me, being an adult and growing up and all of that had to do with realizing, like, my own value. And then also, before even realizing that, realizing that I was good enough company, which is, like, a lot of what you're talking about, mm-hmm. right? That it's, like, 
I'm valuable, but I'm also fun. Like, if given the chance to, to be there by myself, like, I can take care of myself and I'll be having a great time, which I yeah. think you have a fantastic job doing of being, like, creating your own space and and making things work for you even when somebody's being annoying Ooh. or trying really hard to or take Or about up. to get slapped. Oh, oh <laughs> which, God, there's always somebody. There's always somebody who's I trying. I felt so bad whenever that... That fight happened where I was like, yeah, I hit him. Mm. I felt so bad because like, you shouldn't put your hands on people. No, obviously that's wrong. And I will never be the person who condones something like that. But at the same time, I think that there is a certain type of people mm-hmm. that do not see women as forces. Or do, mm-hmm. and, and God, this sounds like awful when it's like in this context. But I think for that specific case of what happened, I think that there was a power struggle. And I think that in, in spaces where there is a power struggle, that sometimes it requires like showing that you have the power in that situation. And I think a lot of times, like, especially for you as a black woman in a group of people that are primarily white men, there is mm-hmm. a huge power struggle. And I think a lot of times, too, they are trying so hard to be like, oh, you think you know what you're talking about, but actually I'm important and I know what I'm talking about. And, yeah. and especially in that specific situation, I think there was a lot of that where it was like trying to flex and trying to be like, I'm in charge. Yeah. If you're listening, this is the instance where I talk about a lot where people, where somebody called me a dumb bitch on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Which is an ugly thing to do. And I think especially when you... But I always say on the podcast, it's okay. It's okay this one time. I deserved it. I mean, that, but also, I mean, I don't know. I'm not gonna condone anything this way that way or the other mm-hmm. just in case you know if i'm president of the united states is that will one day. <gasps> is that will ingram well no. <gasps> 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 we just broke the podcast <gasps> oh no don't look wait close your eyes will okay you can come in hey i just want to say hey hi how's it going will Oh, your hair looks great. Oh, thanks for saying that. She hates it. I hate it so much. I got given baby bangs without asking for them. How sad. Well, I think they look wonderful. You touched up the color too. Yeah, of course. I have no. You, you can't take the hat off. Come on. I can't. I gotta. I gotta zhuzh it. If I'm it's gonna... fine. It's fine. It's a mullet. It's not. It wasn't supposed to be. Uh-huh. But okay. yeah, it's got. It's got a lot of. They took a lot off. It ain't like a belly. Ah. Miss right. Chloe. I'm going to eat this burrito. God, we're enjoy burrito that burrito. We're, dr- we're drunk. No, we're not. Cool. <laughs> we're going, we're we're going on almost two hours. No, yeah. I'll be yeah, in. Chloe. It's an hour and 12 minutes. Hey, Chloe. 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 Oh, Chloe. Meanwhile, need to start practicing our Louisiana accents. Oh. Get back up in there. Get back on down. Get, get back Come up on, in there. Get in there. Get in Thanks, Will. If you heard that on the podcast, we are not drunk and we are definitely not high. No one condones the use of the illegal substance 
Zaza. Um, if you've heard of this, it is bad for you and also bad for children. Um, as I was saying, don't condone violence. Yeah, definitely oh, yeah. don't do that. I hit somebody. Like, I think that you have a very smart um, mentality on things. And I think that when we, we talk about things like this, you always are very clear on how you feel about them and have a very clear, like, ethic to, to what you feel and what that's you say. That's good. Because I never want to come off as the person that's like, but he did this to me. And I'm no. like, but that doesn't matter. Like, no. I, I'm not really, like, big on giving excuses either. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like, this is what ha- this. I'm more so just like, this is what happened. Yeah. No, I think that's, that, that is the beginning of why I trust you so much is mm-hmm. because there, I don't think there's ever been a point where you've been like... Well, this is what happened to me. And then I learned later on that it's like a very complex mm-hmm. 15-part series of what actually happened and what said Damn. has happened. And and obviously there's like, God, I don't, I don't want to say that in the context of really anything else but this mm-hmm. specific situation. <laughs> she said, I'm making my digging in. <laughs> because obviously there are situations where it is like very relevant to be mm-hmm. like, oh, somebody did this shit to me and it was bad. Yeah. And a hundred percent. But I think that at least with this specific thing that we're probably just gonna have to cut out of this podcast. Maybe not. <gasps> God forbid. Um, with this specific thing, I think that that the two parties involved to to begin my lawyer speak we're have both wrong. have understood each other's perspectives mm-hmm. together and therefore as me, myself, an outside party, I do not need to provide no. my input. Never. We're just providing context for the listeners, because I mm-hmm. think I've re- I referenced this, like, three times. Oh, well, they'll be fine. Well, on Martin's episode, I was like, well, I was like, give a, give me a proper analysis of our friend group, because oh. you're on the inside, yeah. and I'm on the outside. And I was like, for example, somebody who's been calling me a dumb bitch, or like he did call me a dumb bitch. He was like, well, this is the first time I'm hearing of this person calling you a dumb bitch. That's really interesting that Martin would say something about such an incident, considering the incident we had. (gasps) That part we will cut out. We will cut. We're not talking about it. But don't cut that. Just don't cut the part. It's fine. We don't have to cut anything, honestly. This is all uncut. It's more interesting when the listener is like, are they going to cut it out? Are and they going to say it or are they not? they hear the part that they were going to cut oh out. Oh, my God. Um, um, yes. Okay, so do you think that you were properly prepared for adulthood? Absolutely not. Wait, Absolutely like, not. You had how many brothers? I'm the eldest of seven. So I had five brothers. I have so five brothers and one sister. No, because, again, like, I think that my concept of growing up or being a grown-up, right, mm-hmm. was, again... Being, like, in charge of a family unit. Yeah. Because you have to think, like, I'm 24 years old. By my age, both of my parents had had a child, were married, and were divorced. Mm. And that was my conceptualization of that. And then my stepmom, by my age, had married my dad, had had two children, and then was, like, on her third child. And so I had no idea... What it was like to be an adult who didn't have children. My parents had three kids by the time I was... Yeah. They, they were our age. Yeah, absolutely. And so it was yeah. like, I had no concept. I had no way to understand what it was like to be 
myself, an independent human being mm-hmm. without kids or without like a family unit or all of these things. And I think that I, at like 21, was in the middle of like, I guess maybe not at 21. At 22, I had graduated college. I was in the middle of a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. I had a not a partner. I had no home. I had no money. I had been like a nanny for years. I was working at Urban Outfitters. And mm. conceptually, all I understood was that like I needed to go to therapy because I was traumatized. And like that was all I knew about myself. And I was also just like trying to figure out what it meant to be myself. Because mm-hmm. I think for a really long time, and something that you find a lot of times with people that are forced to grow up really young mm-hmm. is that they have no sense of self. And there is really no sense of like identity because you have learned to become like a, a yes man, essentially. Mm-hmm. Your whole job has been your whole life to be a person who was available to everybody else, to, to be able to be called upon, to be able to be reliable. And so for me... I had that with my family. I had had that with my previous partner. I had had that with everyone around me, essentially. And so I had never had the idea, the chance, the thought to be like, oh, who's Morgan? <laughs> like, what is she like? What does she do? And I, I had none of that. Like, I, I was so strictly stuck to this concept of like, the things that my partner liked and the things that my family liked. And these are, this is the person I am because these are the people who surrounded me. And these are the things that impacted mm-hmm. my, you know, or my influences to who I became. And it, it took me going, well, I thought I knew what it meant to be a grown up. I mm-hmm. thought I knew what it meant to be prepared to be an adult. And what I thought that's what that meant was actually the complete and total opposite. It was, it was not an independent thought at all. It instead was a very dependent thought that that's, was stuck on this concept of being the person that people were reliant on mm-hmm. and and had no standing on its own. So as soon as I had broken up with my ex and then was living back at home and there was all this emotional, tumultuous craziness where my mom was like leaning on me and my family was leaning on me and there were like legal authorities being involved mm-hmm. and all this garbage. I think we've talked about how our situations were like not similar, but like had some some I'm similar so clueless because Girl. I'm so open about like my childhood or like my family situation. Oh my god! And so many people aren't. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know. Oh, I feel like we yeah. talked. So like CPS, like Child Protective Services, were involved with mine, and it was very much so a thing where it was like, so I was given an option one day where it was three of my siblings, three of my youngest siblings at my mom's house, Mm -hmm. where it was like, you can either sign the paper that says that you will stay here and be their guardian Mm -hmm. in these situations, or you cannot, and they'll go to foster care. And, And I was put in this position, I must have been maybe 20 years old, that I was put in that position Mm -hmm. and had to go because my stepdad wanted a priest to be the person who came to live in our home to discern this because he was abusing his children. And my mom was a battered woman and essentially couldn't even say yes or no in that situation. And Mm -hmm. instead 
was just like stuck and wouldn't sign this paper that essentially acknowledged that she recognized that her children were being abused and therefore couldn't stay in the environment they were in unless they had someone who was an impartial party who could be there to call the police if if some sort of intervention needed to be held mm-hmm. and um nobody else would sign the paper and our caseworker that was there was like if nobody signs the paper these kids are going to be removed from this house mm-hmm. and i was like I'm not going to send my little brothers to foster care. I will take care of them. And I got berated in a way that I don't think I have ever been berated in my entire life um, by my stepdad, who essentially told me that I was illegally claiming abuse against his children. He was going to sue me for defamation. Mm -hmm. Um, that he believed that I was a demon, that I was delusional, um, and that I was like, I just had it out for him. And therefore that was the whole reason that I had said anything. Like, of course the CPS worker had come to our home because a like therapist outside of the situation had interviewed my little siblings and had reported our household for abuse. And, um, it wasn't me. It wasn't my mom. And we had to hide the paperwork that said the caseworker was coming to the house because mm-hmm. we knew that if he knew that he would, like, I we didn't know what he would do. It was, like, one of those things where it's just, like, nobody knew what the outcome would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the caseworker came, and it was a thing where, like, I was so upset. And the whole scene was such a mess. And she'd interviewed all of us and, like, deemed that there was, like, abuse in the household and she like had to take me out to her car before she left and she was like if you think he's going to hurt you you have to call the police and like Mm -hmm. me being me like I had been subjected to so much of this my whole entire life that that I had no context for it you know like I just kind of assumed that like violence and anger and that kind of thing was just the then I'll be all of the household and how things worked and I had been with partners that had like essentially instilled that in me in the exact same way that like Mm -hmm. abuse is such a habitual thing within people and and whether it be physical or emotional or anything in between I think that it is such a misunderstood topic Mm -hmm. and um I think that is such a huge part of why I felt like growing up was me recognizing me as like a victim Mm -hmm. um of a lot of those things because in a lot of ways I always had to present as a person who was over it mm-hmm. and who didn't have have any of those like consequences because I had to be strong for like my mom or my little siblings or whoever it was um mm-hmm. and I remember the first time I went to therapy and then being like hey I hope you know that's not normal yeah and I was like yeah I could have figured that out <laughs> um but I think it, it, it took a lot of me being really scared for a really long time of like living in a house where I thought that every night someone was going to come through and kill me and my mm-hmm. whole family. And that was like very genuinely a huge fear of mine. And and I ended up living in the house that you live in now because I got kicked out of living at my mom's house mm. because my stepdad was like, you are a bad influence. And essentially was like, you can no longer live here anymore because I was trying so hard to get my mom and my like little brothers to leave. 
And yeah, I mean, there's there is so much tea with that situation mm-hmm. that like very simply, if I said it on this podcast and he's like googling my name and finds it, that he would like literally sue my ass. Um, and so like I won't bring up those things, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like there was a legal case. Yeah, you could probably find it if you wanted it to. I would look. You you should. Um, but but I think for me that was like a huge defining factor of like what my childhood and then also what my adulthood revolved around and what continues mm-hmm. to revol- revolve around. I mean, I tried to to distance myself from that as much as possible, but it, it is something that no matter how much you try to step away from it, it will kind of creep back up in its own. Special yeah. ways, but, but yeah. Uh, do you think that some of those toxic traits carried into your relationship now that is seemingly healthy? Yeah. Um, you guys are able to live together mm-hmm. and are always with each other, too. So. Yeah. So I think that for me, the thing that scares me the most with my relationship now and who I am now is that at the end of the day, the person that I am scared the most of and the, the person that I feel like I, I grew up around that could have the most negative mm-hmm. attributions to me um, is in me still. Like, mm-hmm. they, they say this thing, right, where it's like if you grew up with an angry man in your household, like, you'll always have an angry man mm-hmm. in your household, and it's a matter of understanding who the angry man is. And I think yeah. that for a long time, I did a really interesting job of making sure that the angry man in my household was always my partner mm-hmm. and I think that now I I don't have that I think that now I don't have an angry man in my household I think that the angry man is me sometimes mm-hmm. and and it's not necessarily that it comes out as anger within me but I think that sometimes it does come out as yeah me being hypocritical of myself and and realizing that it's like I there are times where you know we live Forrest and I live together and it is a thing where I'll be like oh all the dishes aren't done like Mm -hmm. oh god like that's horrible I can't believe I haven't had time to do the dishes and it's been like I've been working you know 30 hours in the last Mm -hmm. three days and it's like there's no time that I could have you know driven my hour there and from work and done the dishes and also gone gone but blaming yourself but yeah absolutely but still but still blaming myself nonetheless and and I think that there is there are conversations that he and I have where where he'll be like I don't want to bring something up with you because I'm I'm scared of how your reaction will be and and that at the end of the day, it makes me feel like my stepdad. Where I'm like, God, I don't ever want to be the angry person. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like I am an emotionally very sensitive person. That's interesting. Because, mm-hmm. like, I feel like we're the exact opposite. In yeah. Because I was like, does Forrest ever check you to be like, hey, what you did, being as innocent as he is. Forrest is an only child. For yeah, yeah, absolutely. But the thing is, is that I see, like, a lot of things as like oh this is because like I have like childhood trauma mm-hmm. this is me like trying to avoid this yeah but with you it's like you're like actually becoming that person with yeah. me I'm trying to not be that person yeah and well and I think the thing is is that I try really hard to not be that person and mm-hmm. so sometimes what ends up happening is what could be like a very easy communication right where it is like a very simple thing where it'll be like, hey, you know, 
I'll say what you what you said hurt my feelings mm-hmm. and he'll be like, well, what you said hurt my feelings. And instead mm-hmm. of it being able to be a thing where I go, oh, what I said hurt your feelings. I'm sorry. It mm-hmm. goes, what I said hurt your feelings. I'm sorry. And then the back of my brain, I'm going, oh, God, was I like this? Mm-hmm. And and I don't know. I've, I've gone to therapy. And, of mm-hmm. course, there is, like, this concept of, of going to a therapist and then being like, hey, the fact that you have the the ability to go, hey, am I being a bad person? Yeah. Usually means that you are not that person. But there is still, like, this little voice in the back of my brain that that does tell me that, like, I grew up with a lion. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I might pretend to be, you know, submissive or whatever it may be. But inside of me, there's always going to be a part that has that. And I don't think I'm a violent or an angry person in Mm -hmm. any way at all. But I do think there are parts of me sometimes that... I'm really emotional. Yeah. And I, I don't ever want my emotional, like, I don't know, my emotional vulnerability to be weaponized mm-hmm. or for me to weaponize that ever. And that's something that I'm very hyper aware of and something that we definitely talk about a lot. And I, I do see it coming up in our relationship. And it's something we talk about semi-frequently just both being children of divorced parents. I yeah. think it's something that, like, you know, we we have been together for like a year and a half and some change, mm-hmm. right? And we lived together, which kind of came about in a way that was like, not, I don't think in ideal is the right word, but like we lived together out of a somewhat of a necessity where it was like, I didn't have a place to go. And, and yeah. I was like looking for a place and then it, it became a thing where it was like, you should just stay with me. And then we found a place on our own and that was fantastic and beautiful and we love our home. Um, but I think a really big part of our relationship and, and just like the longevity of our relationship is the fact that we are very honest and open and communicative with one another and are both people who have like at least come to understand how our traumas and like how we have how our, our life circumstances have altered us as people and mm-hmm. like what that looks like when we're having to kind of come together as a relationship and be honest and kind to one another and how that can mm-hmm. look just based on our previous experience with our parents do you often find him being like more rational than you or like mm-hmm. because of the fact that like he grew up as an only child so that leaves a lot of room for like a lot of like I don't know I feel like more well-rounded people easier Mm -hmm. rather than kids who like have a lot of siblings and like their parents in the house and they're super toxic and you're like you know having to yeah having to fend for yourself yeah so I think that I don't think that I would say either one of us is more rational. That's I think good. I think that for us, it is a thing that we're both very sensitive people. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're sensitive in different ways. We're like, I obviously like my experiences as a, a and the eldest of seven is, yeah. is a very different experience than being a child of divorce yeah and an only child of divorce because i I guess that's what i meant like do you ever find him being like 
or you being like, well, you just don't get it because he truly doesn't. Yeah. Like, he literally is an only child. Yeah. Well, I think that for me, like, a lot of our conversations where I'm going, like, you don't get it, Mm -hmm. I feel really thankful. Like, Mm -hmm. I think I I have a lot, a big part of me that I am happy to be the person that's like, oh, you don't get this because you never had this awful thing happen to you. And, and I think that something that's really impressive and incredible about a relationship is that whenever I do have to go, you don't get this. Like, there might be some initial pushback. Like, there might mm-hmm. be this concept of being like, what do you mean I don't get this? Like, I understand you. Yeah. But at, past that point, there is this idea of being like, oh, you're right. Like, I don't get this. It's like when I parents don't... are like, you won't get it until you have kids. And it's yeah. like, no, I understand. I understand. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think I think that that's something that, that we have a lot of productivity with is that, like, we are both very empathetic people. Mm-hmm. And therefore, like, sometimes all it takes is me being like, hey, this is what happened to me. This is why I feel this way. And that context alone builds like I don't know some sort of understanding yeah and I think that for the both of us that exists where you know for me there are things that exist in that because I I lived in like abusive households or because I had abusive partners or Mm -hmm. because I grew up as you know the eldest or whatever it may be but for him it looks like that because it's like he grew up in the households he grew up in and you know he had split split homes and he had you know this thing, that thing, and the other thing, and not to, you know, I, I definitely don't want to be the person that's like, here's all the things that Forrest went through. Yeah. Um, and I'll leave that to him if he wants to talk about it. But but at the end of the day, he has a very strong ability to understand that he has had experiences that can at the very least give him context yeah. for the things that I feel. And I think that context alone gives him the platform to go, okay, I might not know this thing, but I do have the ability to understand you. As an unevolved only child, you can either be like, I mean, like in his adolescence, you can either be like, uh, I don't get it. Or Mm -hmm. like, I am so aware that I do get it. And I'm so glad that I don't have the experience. Yeah. And I think that's, I think he, I don't know. I think he's such a well-balanced pairing up both of those things not to be like my gemini man Mm -hmm. but i I think he does he has like a really interesting connection between being like an only child who goes i don't understand those things but i desire to understand yeah but also being an under an only child who goes oh i have a touchstone for this and those two sides of him are very in connection with one Mm -hmm. another and and are are curious of one another and are Mm -hmm. able to go okay I understand that there is, of course, this part of me that goes, I don't understand any of this because I, you know, Morgan is this, like, mother figure to her siblings and is this, this, that, and the other to her siblings or to her parents Mm -hmm. or whoever it may be. Um, And I don't get that, but there is also the part of him that goes, okay, well, I've had to be responsible for for really important and very dramatic things in my life. Mm -hmm. And... And that is a touchstone for what I can understand. Yeah. And I think for me, that has been the major difference between my relationships now with both my partner and the people I surround myself with. And also, like, the difference between this and the people I was with previously was 
I, I have been with people who are children of, of, you know, multiple marriages or had multiple siblings or were, mm-hmm. you know, sons of this, that, and the other or daughters of this, that, and the other. And yeah. it, it is this concept that it's like, if you don't have the ability to go, hey, I've never been through that. I'm open to hearing you tell me mm-hmm. your experience. Um, and instead go, well... I've sort of been something like that, yeah. and I'm not going to really listen to you, because I guess I get it, but I, I'm not going to be curious about it in any way. Right. Um, well, on Alexis' episode, we were talking about that. We were talking yeah. about, like, how all the good guys are gone. <laughs> and I was like, well, it was like, yeah, yeah. Like, Will, good guy. Good guy. Forrest, good guy. Good boys. One thing they have in common... They're both in a relationship They're both right taken. Now. <laughs> so that's two out of, I don't boys. even know how many God, are out there. I hate the concept of a good guy. God, not to get uh-huh. into like the, the meat of the episode at uh-huh. an hour and 40 minutes. It's okay. But I think that, I think that the concept of a good man is so antiquated, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I think that, not to, not to toot my own horn, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like this is maybe overstepping god chloe chloe loves Forrest. she is trying to get in his musk she's trying to make a bed because her beds are in the living room oh miss chloe get in there it's nice and warm i bet in that thing it's it's big you can get in there oh yeah there's let me go get her bed so she's like no she's literally trying to make a bed let me go get her so she's not like digging into your jacket oh that's okay she'll be fine in the jacket i'm not worried about her so, <laughs> I think the concept of a good man, mm-hmm. right, is boring and antiquated mm-hmm. because I think that, and God, I hate I hate to give hot takes uh-huh. on a podcast because you if can. if somebody quotes me, right, it, it's always going to sound bad. But I think that all good men, right, mm-hmm. are created by someone who has been impacted by someone who is self actualized, mm-hmm. right. And, and I think that whether it be, like, a mother, a father, a partner, a, you know, teacher, whatever it may be. There's, like, a person. No no good man is born. Mm-hmm. And, and there's always a person that has, like, guided them to this point. Yeah. And, and I think that, that being like, God, there's no good men. I think that there are good men. But I think that to recognize that there are good men is, is, is such a, like blindsided way to look at it i think that it's a thing where it's like they're good men because they're good people right and they're they're these good people that that have made these good men because god knows men are not born good like so why were you hooking me up with these men which man which man that i will say that is true you're like you forrest and morgan try to hook me up with we talked about this on the alexa episode she's like oh they're pimping you out. <gasps> me and Forrest? And I was like, yeah, basically. Wait, to but, whom? Like, me. Wait, who are we pimping you out to? No, I'm saying like, no. I reference you guys being like, Jada, you should talk to this guy. That's and fine. no, like all any guy that you've ever recommended uh-huh. me to, like if we're at a bar or something mm-hmm. and you're like, go talk to blah, blah, blah. But you guys do specify like, this person yeah. is not in a good place right mm-hmm. now. So this is exactly what the situation is going to yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was funny because she was just like, they're pimping you out. Oh my God. I would never. Okay. <laughs> no, so, no. Not in a, it, yes, essentially you guys are, <laughs> but like not in that way. I would never. Yeah. I think that I, uh, I think there was maybe two people. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god, no. It's a guy that's like, yeah, just don't expect anything out of oh him. Oh my god, no. <laughs> I, I think he is sweet. I just think that... We're gonna cut his name out. Yeah, by the I way. think that... So you can actually say what you actually want. <laughs> <laughs> I think that he's sweet. I think that it's just like... Again, I think there's a difference between like a grown man... Right. And a man that has never had guidance, but is a yeah. fine man, right? Yeah. Like... There's a man with an ethical, like an ethic, no, that's the wrong word, with a moral compass. Uh-huh. There's a man with a moral compass. The bare minimum. The bare, the, right. God, the ground floor yeah. of the bare minimum. The bottom of the barrel. The absolute bottom of the barrel where I'm like, I know that he's not going to do something awful to you. And I feel yeah. like maybe like when we, when you're first coming around and there were like a few boys that were like, I was, I was like, never speak to them. They don't mm-hmm. even have bare. Who? I can't say names. Just mouth it. Uh, well, she's just very bad at mouthing. So <laughs> cut all of that out. Um, but like, there are a few people that I'm like, God, they they don't even have the bare minimum oh. of like. Well, that guy wasn't even trying to talk to him. I know, I know, but he was like, boring. He was so boring, but yeah. also we were like out with him, and I was like, I it was it was before I even knew anything. Forrest and Morgan would always be like. Listen, I don't know what you're trying to do, but like, I know how you are. So <laughs> don't talk to that guy. I know how you are. I mostly was just like, girl, listen. When I was in your position, uh-huh. a man with a Single pair of glasses and a mustache was all I was looking for. And yeah. this man has a pair of glasses and maybe a mustache. And I'm going to go ahead and no say... No mustache, his baby face. Yeah, but he could grow one if he really wanted to, I guess, Wait, one day. who were we talking about? No. Oh. Not him. Yeah, that okay, one. Okay, okay. But, like, yeah, I guess if he, like, I don't know, tried really hard, he would have to, He's like, go to therapy. He's always baby phase. Yeah, but... Which I think makes everything worse. Mm-hmm. Anyways. But things like that, where it would be, like, I knew what I was like. Mm-hmm. But I think, again, it's, like, the big sister in me, right? Yeah. Where I look at you and I'm like, God, like, I would never suggest this but like this is fine Mm -hmm. like this isn't gonna hurt you Mm -hmm. this is just not gonna maybe be fulfilling yeah um but god when i was like being a single person i was definitely not doing fulfilling things Mm -hmm. i was just going and being like oh you're in a cult Mm -hmm. that's so sexy (laughs) i love a cult like the man who told me it would build me a tiny house but then he had to he was like I'll build you a tiny house, but I have to put a baby inside of you first. And I was like, oh, okay. Jump scare. That truly, truly terrifying. The one man that I know um, that builds tiny houses, he already has a kid. So yeah, this like, man had I'm five. I'm not trying to give anybody a baby. Oh, he had five kids and he wanted yeah. another one. He had sister wives. Oh. And he wanted me to be number one babysitter for the sister wives. Um, but he had a flower farm, so he was the one that looked like the carpenter that we worked with at Urban Outfitters. Do you remember this? Who's the? Carp- I mean, who's that carpenter's name? Yeah, like I know who that is. Yeah, but, like I don't remember the guy that you were like. He oh, looks like him, but he looked like. Him. I remember you mentioning something. Yeah, he looked it. like that man, and everybody was like, "Oh, that's fun. He looks like that person," and everybody's like, "That's trustworthy," and I was like, "No, it's not." Well, that man is. Very attractive. Yeah, he was a pretty boy. And his wife is also very also a pretty attractive gal. and nice. And they're a great couple. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think like me and Forrest maybe, or whatever, Forrest and I, mm-hmm. were maybe trying to do a thing where we were like, don't trust this guy. Yeah. But then we didn't want to seem like, you can't date anybody, young mm-hmm. lady. And I was just trying to be like, this person is fine, I yeah. guess. But mm-hmm. like... 
God knows I don't have any perspective on much of anything except for, like, the four men yeah. that I hooked up with on Tinder that I was like, stay away from. Be scared of them. They're all crazy. This Tinder doesn't ever send me a host red ad oh to my add God. to my podcast. Oh, my God. I'm be like, I fucking hate Tinder. I haven't if logged you... in in 10 years. No, if you ever want a Tinder ad, let me and Forrest do it. Because we did meet on Tinder. <laughs> let us cool. Let us do our little spiel where it's like, sometimes when you're a Gemini on Tinder, uh-huh. you find another Gemini on Tinder yeah. who has the exact same picture on their profile as you. And yeah. you both go, wow, that's incredible. Um, but I did almost ghost Forrest. <gasps> I okay, so we can cut this out, but I knew this is how I found out who Forrest was. Okay, I I don't think I've ever told you this. Oh my god, spill! This is how I found out who he was. So it was I found out who he was when he was dating you. Uh huh. But I only knew you. Mm hmm. And so I was like, yeah, like Forrest is cool. I've never met him before mm-hmm. ever. And then I like. I was like, no, that name is a little too niche. Who is that? Yeah. I went through my hinge <gasps> likes. Oh I my went god. Through my hinge matches. Your hinge matches? He was on there? <gasps> oh my god. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell him so fast. He's gonna be so embarrassed. So Well his- he never he ghosted me. <gasps> He's and I feel like him ghosting me was probably around the same time that y'all would have started dating. So here's the really fun thing: I actually mm-hmm. ghosted somebody to go on my first date with Forrest. <gasps> so I had been talking to this boy uh-huh. that I was like, God, I just gotten out of this like three year long relationship, mm-hmm. and I was like, so sure. Again, talking about this whole like to be an adult is to be a good Christian woman with a family. Yeah. I was so stuck on this thing, and I had been talking to this boy who was a centrist. Disgusting. The problem... Okay, let me stop you here. The problem is that, like, you and Forrest are so much alike. Yeah. I can't imagine you dating somebody else. Yeah. Like, the fact that, like, I matched him on Hinge, I was like, that one... No. No, God! He's meant to date Morgan. No, you... Uh, here's the thing. And like, I, so just you, like, thinking of thinking about you talking about other men, I'm like, I just don't get it. Oh, the, the funniest thing is, though, is that, like, I think... So when Forrest and I first started, like, talking and, mm-hmm. and then progressively dating, there became a point where he and I had, like, a chat. Because... So there was a really long time where he was very mm-hmm. closed off. Like, he was, like... You can't. What? Oh, oh my God! This man will tell you when his left ball sack is itching. Yeah, no, literally. But but the thing is, is that like when we first started dating, he would not. He was like a closed book. Like wouldn't let me borrow his hoodie if I was cold. Type man. Like we would go out to eat. That gives me hope because this is the this is an example of all the men that I'm talking <laughs> to right now. But like, but I mean, like we would go on dates, right? And we would like, go to places, and he'd be really super sweet the first like twenty minutes. And we'd, like, talk about things, and he'd be so nice. And then he would just shut down. Fear of intimacy. Shut, a fear of intimacy to a T. He would shut down. And then, so one night, we were at Kimball House. I'd, like, gotten a new job, and we were there to, like, celebrate. I had never been there before. Mm-hmm. There was, like, a girl I knew from a long time ago was there, and, like, his friend was there. It was a whole thing. And there became a point where, like, I was trying to talk to him, and he was just, like, dead silent. I literally can't imagine that. Yeah, right? Right, but can you imagine? But also, this is a whole, like, physically is a whole other force, too. I yeah. feel like this one, he had, like, a shaved head. He had shaved head, mustache, yeah. was, like, yeah. two feet tall emotionally. Yeah. Um, 
And I mean that in the most loving way possible. Well, but, it's not the same guy that no, you see no, now. Like, it, it, you wouldn't even... That's how I That's how I figured... That's how I drew the connection only from the name. Yeah. Because when I saw the picture, I was like... That's not the that's same That's not the same well, person. Well, that's the thing, too, is, yeah. like, when we went on our first date at Golden Eagle, I was like, you look so much better than your date. Yeah. Which, like... Yeah. I hate to say that, but I, I distinctly remember being like, no, oh, but my it, God. He does. You're so much cuter. Yeah. You're so much cuter in real life. And, um... His pictures do not convey who no. he actually... Because, like, he has so much personality. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, like, a lot of his pictures did have that, but it was yeah. just, like, it felt very much like it was, like, oh, like, here's my personality. I wear fun clothes. And I was, mm-hmm. like, no, what is it? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and we had an amazing first date, and it was incredible. And, mm-hmm. and then it continued on to be, like, great. And then there, it did. It, it hit this wall where I was just, like, you are not letting me in at all mm-hmm. and I remember <laughs> sitting at Kimball house and I think I had had like a couple glasses of wine and I'm I'm sitting and I'm looking at him and we're just like not talking to each other yeah and I'm like what the fuck is this mm-hmm. and I remember going I was like so I know that you think it's like cool and edgy and like artistic to like not have feelings mm-hmm. <laughs> towards me but like if you're not gonna care, then I'm just gonna leave because yeah. I don't really have the energy to like be emotionally available and connected with you if you're not going to give me anything back. And I think that like after that conversation, we had a huge like change. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously like that night we talked a lot about like a fear of intimacy and like, a lot of these things where it was just like a a wall essentially in between being close to one another out of fear or out of like um I don't even know if fear is the right word but just Mm -hmm. out of like habit I guess like I think there was a lot of him that was was holding back being comfortable with me because he was worried Mm -hmm. and because he had been hurt before And I think it took a lot of me being like, listen, like, I'm not here to be a bad person. I'm not here to, like, leave. I I feel that we very genuinely have a future with one another. And this is not something that I want to just, like, you know, go away from you. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I have taken a step away from the people that I've been talking to in the past. And, like, I feel that we have a genuine connection as people. And I love that. And that's exciting to me. And there were so many times that we'd have that conversation and I would feel like I'd be like, I'm excited about this. And Mm -hmm. he would be like, yeah, me too. Let's never talk about it again. (laughs) And then it took me like a couple times being like, listen, like, no, I mean it. Like, I I really mean that this is something I want to stick with. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it took us like moving away from Atlanta for a minute. Like we went on a few trips together stepped away from the friend group and like really spent a lot of alone time together and and spent a lot of like time emotionally intimate with one another Mm -hmm. and I think that that was what ended up creating a lot of our relationship from this point forward is it has been that like a lot of what we were built on was me and him being like hey like obviously there's been a lot of shit that we've been through and some of it was productive and some of it wasn't and and here's how we're going to move forward and obviously like we both messed up all the time always Mm -hmm. and there's always going to be like a a strength and weakness in the both of us um but I think the thing that's that's really productive for us is that 
we are forgiving of one another and we do have like a lot of space for ourselves mm-hmm. um and like i don't know i think that we provide for each other a thing that like our partners in the past have not provided for us yeah or whether it be like an openness like for me i think that like a big part of the reason that my ex and I broke up was both like a controlling aspect, but also like yeah. me trying to explore my queer identity and him being like disgusted by that. And you then, yeah, oh, my bad. But you meant it. My That's bad. fine. You, that you said loud. it and you meant it and you said it with my your chest. Bad. And I respect that. And I stand behind that. No, we think we saw him when we went to Athens for Halloween. Mm. And when I tell you, man's ran. He ran away. He kicked him like a football. He literally two feet tall. I mean, <laughs> sweat and forest went. That can't be him. He's too short. And I said, <gasps> little I do you know. To say. Little do you know, he's actually short. Can you, can you imagine if you interviewed him for the podcast? <laughs> I mean, there's not much to say. It'll be a ten minute episode. <laughs> he go, hey, I messed up. Sorry. I want you back, please. <laughs> oh, girl. Um, but no, I think that. I think that I've had, like, the concept of a mature relationship mm-hmm. in a few of my relationships, but I've never had a practicing mature relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that Forrest and I sit down and have conversations that I'm like, oh, these are tough conversations to have. Yeah. But they're meant to be had, you know? And, yeah. I, and I, I appreciate that we have that that ability to have that communication between one another. Yeah, it helps. It's helpful for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like that's where people mess up the most is like yeah. not having the trust yeah. um, that they need with somebody. And then, excuse me, the, like the trust in themselves to mm-hmm. be able to like have that type of conversation yeah. and fix it. Um, so like it's a lot of like, maybe their partner is being a piece of shit, but also it's a lot of insecurity. Yeah. So they don't know how to bring it up. And, um, yeah, maybe I should be like a relationship therapist <laughs> without like ever having a relationship ever. That's good. I think that's honestly the smartest way to be a relationship therapist. Yeah. Like no bias. I'm, I am living proof. I'm not in a relationship because I realize how much of a piece of shit y'all can be. No, it's, it's very much that. And I think that like, God, I, I think that that is a very smart way to be. Um, I think after a while you just realize like, yeah, so relationship is a lot of work yeah, and no, it, it, well, it can be. And it's just like, okay. Like also on top of that, there are people that don't have the emotional intelligence just to realize that. So like, yeah, maybe I should just like let people figure it out and let them come to me and not be the one teaching them. How yeah. To like deal with I'm themselves. in the, that's another thing. I'm not going to be the one to tell you like over and over again. I'm going to tell you one good time. Yeah. We're going to have one and good then conversation. You can fix it. And if you don't fix it, I'm, I'm fine with being alone. Yeah. Are you, are okay you fine with, with that? Yeah. Yeah. No, I uh, I saw this TikTok, which, God, how many times will I talk about TikTok? And how many times? I think you really talk about it once I talked now. about it one time, but I'm going to bring it back up right now. It's mm-hmm. a callback. I saw this TikTok that was like, I'm a relationship therapist, which, like, God, mm-hmm. should we trust her? Who's scary. to say? Who's Jump to scary. say? But the statistic was, like, 68% of your arguments with your partner now are habitual 
unchangeable behaviors, right? Yeah. So the concept that, like, over half of the arguments that you're going to have in in the time that you're going on right now, you're, you are better off going, actually, within myself, I resolve these things before my partner resolves these things. Yeah. Um, and when I think about that, and, and something that I found really reassuring about that statistic was that I was like, if more than half of our arguments are like habitual things or are things that will never mm-hmm. change and that we'll be with that person forever, I'm like, so many of our arguments, or not even arguments, discussions are about things that I think we mutually understand within one another that I'm like, if that's something that sticks with us forever, that it's like, God, if what sticks with me forever is that I have, like, uh, some sort of trust issue. Where, like, what sticks with me is that, like, every partner I've ever had has cheated on me. And I need, like, some sort of reassurance mm-hmm. about that. Or, or for him, whether it be, you know, connected to, to some sort of needing a similar thing. Where it's mm-hmm. like, I need some sort of, like, reassurance about a relationship or whatever it may be and I'm like if that's what you know over a half of our arguments are or not arguments but just disagreements are Mm -hmm. then like what an easy thing to have to deal with for you know however long it is it's like that's such a simple thing because I think we have a, a very deep understanding of one another and I don't feel like uh any sort of hmm I'm blanking on the word, any sort of remorse Mm -hmm. about that at all or any sort of like anger towards him. And I think that when I talk about things where I'm like, God, I'm scared of becoming my stepfather because I was like raised with this angry man in my house. When I think about the things that we have discussions about, I'm like, I don't feel like an angry person about any of those things. I feel like a person who's trying to understand. And I think he would agree with that as well that it's like so many of our disagreements are are with the miscommunication or with just like trying to bridge a gap of understanding Mm -hmm. and and that's really reassuring to me i feel like when you have like a bad childhood you're like what's the word um i forget but just like overly like hyper aware yeah of Things like that. Yeah. So, of like messing up or of, yeah. of saying the wrong thing. Yeah. Like, Rather than like actually being the person that was like abusive, you're just like, oh, I don't want to be that. Yeah. Or like I want to learn from that. Mm-hmm. But it's just, um, yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I don't know. I think <laughs> such a like dumb thing that I'm going to be like, this is really a stupid. It's going to be mostly an ASMR podcast. Yeah, this is mostly us drinking bag. wine and it's eating snack. The tiniest little driplets of wine. Um, to think we were having gaja tonight. Oh, God. Silly us. If only. Instead of we, have, we had a shrimp sandwich that was, dare I say, two shrimp on a hot dog bun. But oh, damn. Shit. Oh! I got shit on the desk, but... You, you got what on the desk? Not shit. Not human. Oh, let me stop yelling at 11 o'clock at night with oh. my teacher-ass roommate. Just girly things. Um, yeah. But uh, at the end of the day, I think that the best we can do mm-hmm. is be understanding of the people around us. Yeah. 
and also not give a shit about what the people around us think of us. <laughs> Ooh. That's a tough one. Stop caring. Like, if you're listening yeah. and you still don't care, care anymore about what people have to say about you, please stop. Please stop Like, caring. it's literally, like, nobody cares. Literally. And I always say this. I'm like, they're not going in the grave with you. With you. You no. can only go to the grave by yourself. It's you, baby. You will die alone. Girl. Listen, You're dying alone. And I love that for me. Yeah. Honestly, I'm going to have a great time in my little grave by myself. Exactly. You have to go to that grave mm-hmm. by yourself. Yeah. Stop relying caring. on the... Yeah, stop caring. Stop, stop relying caring. on people for, like, your emotional needs. Mm-mm. Like, you cannot... Your best friend needs to be yourself. Yeah. Oh, my God. There is nothing I have learned better than being, like, I am my best friend Mm -hmm. and again i think such a complex thing to talk about obviously like we all need community we all need structure we all need all these things yeah but you can get those things in bits and pieces like Mm -hmm. seriously like will made fun of me for being like on my birthday when everybody was coming into the house i was like oh my god my bestie Mm -hmm. every person that came into the room yeah but he was like, you can't have, like, more than one bestie. And you're like, yes, I Not can. in a way that was, like, super mean. But no. But he was just, like, basically, like, what a person who has a lot of experience with people under yeah. their belt. It's, like, not all of these people are, are as close to you as you think that they are close to you. Yeah. And that's fine. And yeah. I, but I was just, like, no, like, my friends are there mm-hmm. or at least are capable of being that way yeah and i can't have this one person be my one filling my cup yeah i get the satisfaction of a lot of having a lot of close friends absolutely because it's like they're filling my cup and bit by bit, bit like by instead bit. of yes. like one person I doing their whole life there's like some people that i go to to talk about certain things yeah. that i can't talk about with you no like, i need to be able to have multiple very very close friends absolutely i think that's a huge part of the human experience right is realizing that it's like community friendship uh relationships no matter what they look like of course important and and i think i don't ascribe to this this idea that it's like you have to love yourself before someone can love you. Because I think mm-hmm. that's dumb. I think that that we are all born to this earth with a, a certain amount of mm-hmm. like traits to ourselves that are acceptable and lovable and great. But I do think that also like we are selfish creatures. And it's like God to to finally just resign yourself to being like, hey, the only person who has my experience, who is me who knows how I feel always, who relates and understands me is me. Mm-hmm. And and to validate your feelings by saying, listen, whatever I feel is valid because I am myself and I feel the things I feel and I am the person I am and I've gone through the experiences I've gone through. Mm-hmm. And the ability to validate yourself by being like, that's reasonable. And yeah. I am myself and I love myself and this is who I am and I respect myself. Is such a huge thing. And and I think that whenever you do that, you don't need other people to be there to, to be the one to fulfill your life or to be the person who fills, fills your cup one by one, right? Yeah. Like, you don't need one person who is outpouring their whole life to you. Yeah. Instead, you're able to go, okay, you know, 
this person gives me this thing and mm-hmm. this person gives me this thing and I give this in return mm-hmm. and then this person does this thing for me and we have this moment together and whether that moment goes on for our entire lives or whether that moment lasts for a single moment um we get to have this experience together and we don't have to be reliant on one another to exist yeah and instead gets to be a, a mutual understanding that we are independent beings on this, you know, big globe. And and we are all just trying to, like, understand one another as best as we can without being so reliant on one another that it's counterproductive. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that being friends with people where you're not just like, I have one best friend and they're the only person I talk to. This is all I have. And without them, I'd be nothing. And their best friend is like, I'm exhausted. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then, but then it's like, and actually their best friend is not you. It's their other best friend who gets to hear them vent about all this stuff that you're telling this person that they're like, I need somebody to vent to Mm -hmm. because this person's only talking to me. Yeah, I just I don't know. I think I feel like also people like Will are not venting to people, so maybe well, that's why he's like able to be like, "That was boring." Yeah, because he's he's got like the emotional regulation of a I don't know, like a sixty two year old pope. Yeah, I, that's wrong. That's the wrong. The uh, I feel like maybe like a monk so as a as a rational man of the house. God damn it. Yeah, um, but I think that like. <laughs> I think that he has a very good sense of being able to go, like, yeah. I'm Will. This is who I am. <laughs> if yeah. you don't like it, then bye. And I, I try to be that person, but I do think there's a certain part of me that, that likes having community and uh-huh. likes having people around me. But at the same time, yeah. I'm like, if you don't like me and want to be my friend, then bye. Like, die, <laughs> Then I'm just not going to worry about it too yeah. much because I'm certainly not going to change to make you like me. That's good. Because I'm the gal of yeah. the house. I'm the, I'm, no, I'm the man of the house. I'll just say it. I'm glad. The man, I'm little miss man of the house. <gasps> little miss man of the house. Okay, well, we're going to wrap only for the <laughs> sake of the fact that we're at two hours, two hours and eight, eight minutes. minutes. I could talk for another five. I know. That's honest. what I'm saying. Like, we're able to wrap because we'll come back to this. Mm-hmm. We really will. Well, Forrest um, and I got to do our duo episode. Yeah. And we Forrest fight has, on Forrest air. has to do his separate. <gasps> and then... He's not going to be as nice to Forrest me. Forrest <laughs> has to do... Forrest and we're going to do it together. Also, like, I'm inebriated. No, we're as not. As hell. I got some. I think this is clearly unpublishable. I think at this point, no. I don't think I've ever. I've had cut out the bad parts. I don't think I've had an intelligent part this entire podcast. Well, it's like we're we've said some good things, so we'll cut out just like the parts of literally just like us stepping away. Yeah, us having a snacky. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but this has been grow the fuck up the podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm your host. Jada and I'm Morgan. Thank you for listening. Bye.
show.